everyone. Daniel, how are you doing? Pretty good. Jake, how are you doing? I'm great because we are joined by a very special guest, what? Mr. Zach Seeger. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah of course, man. Thanks for being here. We talked about you a little bit. That sounds weird, but we talked about you <laughs> um, on one of our previous episodes. I think it was some of the running ones. This is the legend, the fastest runner you'll ever see, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. We all you know, were on track and cross country together in high school. And yeah, I feel like I haven't talked to you guys probably in, I don't know, maybe two or three years. It's been it's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like really weird, Zach. We did like a lot of stuff together, like a lot of activities. And then from going to that to like not see each other for a while, like it's just, it's just weird. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's nice to catch up and everything. Especially running is like, it's kind of like a year round sport. Yeah. So like we have cross country yeah. in the fall and then, you know, indoor-ish track in the winter. But indoor-ish, yeah. Even in the winter, we were doing musical. <laughs> yeah. Then the, tr- the spring is track. So it's just like, I feel like we were always around each other and yeah. then we just like weren't. <laughs> and you had to go and graduate. What the heck is that about? I know, sorry. I had to like go to college. <laughs> His future? Nah, who cares about that? <laughs> yeah, Zach's going to join us. We've been talking about this for a while. But yeah, so that's a good little pre-banter. Ready for the introduction? Yeah, hit me with it, Jake. You may want us to talk about this or that, but we don't care. We're going to talk about whatever we want. Blah. Did, didn't you say last time that you wanted to like maybe change that up? Have you put any more thought towards that? Yes, I didn't think about it. Okay. <laughs> I, I forgot to <laughs> prep for it, so the old way it is. <laughs> but yeah, before we get into the topic of the week, we got a couple things up top. Very important news. So when this episode drops the following Monday, so like two days later, it'll be our one year anniversary of this podcast. So Woo! happy Jeez. anniversary. Woo. I, I feel like it has not been that long. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel like that it's been that long. Yeah, July 13th, 2019 was the first podcast drop. So thank you to everyone that has been with us since then or been with us from then till now. So basically everyone. Thank you, everyone, for <laughs> allowing us to do this. Yeah, um, also, we I'm going to maybe insert a little clip here of the giveaway winners because I haven't done that yet, but... By the time this goes out, that giveaway for the mug will be there. So, yeah, congratulations to whoever won. We don't know at the time of recording. <laughs> this is Jake from the future. Editor Jake wanted to say thank you and congratulations to Dora Courtney and Logan Baker. You're the winners, I'm get your mug soon. If I haven't already by the time this goes out, woo! Finally, before we get into it, basically, you know how audiobooks are pretty similar to podcasts, I guess? You know, both listening? Yeah, you, you just sit down, you listen, yeah. give, it, give it a good hear. Yeah. All right, so we now have this Audible link. Um, if you want to support the show, you can go down t- to our description or type in, like, I think it's like audibletrial.com slash whatever we want. And basically, if you literally just sign up for a free trial, we get $15. Like, so if you want to support the show, that's like a really easy way to do that. And also, I have kind of like compiled a list of books that I recommend. We posted them on our Patreon page, but like it's for everyone. I put them, I made it public and it has links to those audible like audiobooks. And they're like kind of filmmaking books. So like if you are inspired by our podcast, like learning about all this new like film stuff and you want to learn more about films, these are some books that I've personally read that I would recommend and you can listen to them. Neat. So some even more behind the scenes. That's cool, I think. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's dope. All right, that's stuff I had up top. Not as much as I usually have, surprisingly. So we're continuing with the MCU. Zach, what are we talking about this week? Today we're doing 
Captain America. Yeah. Which I watched back yesterday. I hadn't seen it in like a while. It's like nine years old. I know. The movie is very old. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those that like, I guess I'm getting old enough now where I can kind of remember when movies came out and people would be like, oh, that's like nine years ago. And I'm like, what? Like, no. I know. Like, it just can't, no. I saw someone posted like, Toy Story 3 came out 10 years ago and I was like, what? (laughs) That is not, that's not true. That's just not. that that wasn't a meme though. It was actually 10 years ago for that? Yeah, that was actually 10 years ago. Oh my God. It was like 2010. (laughs) That doesn't make sense in my brain. Yeah, so we're talking about Captain America. Captain America is my favorite superhero, so I'm actually very excited to hop into it and and talk about him and, and the movie. Yeah, one thing I really like kind of about this first Captain America movie, especially since it's set in a different time period, it has like a different yeah. feel to it and the pace is different than your typical MCU movie. Exactly, yeah. Which I think is really welcome. And obviously, like, it wasn't that much of a change of pace when it first came out because it was what, the third movie? Maybe? Uh, fourth, I think. The fourth? Was, okay. So, like, yeah. maybe, technically fifth, maybe, with, with uh, Hulk. if you count the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which people don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, it didn't necessarily feel like a nice welcome change of time period at the time that it came out but now like looking back watching it back i'm like oh this is so refreshing yeah exactly yeah, it's like not the typical like complete marvel like formula right. that they were developing kind of thing. <laughs> yeah yeah all right so captain america was directed by joe johnston i actually watched the director's commentary with him and the director's commentary actually wasn't just him it was like joe johnston and then it was with shelly johnson who was the director of photography the dp and then jeffrey ford who was the editor so it was like oh. it was literally like this three guys talking like on like a podcast format <laughs> i don't know if i should be ca- comparing us to the direct the creators of captain america like the movie but i think we're we're pretty close to the same tier <laughs> definitely do. yeah but <laughs> joe johnston the director he actually he's a big vfx guy which like is good i actually kind of forgot how much vfx were in this especially with like the whole shrinking thing which we'll get to but like he worked on honey i shrunk the kids jurassic park 3 and jumanji like the, the original mm. jumanji and then he also he, he worked with steven spielberg on raiders of the lost ark and there's actually a couple like references to Oh, yeah. I wrote down one of those in my notes. Yeah. When we get to it. You took notes? Yeah, I took notes. Yo, you're you're better than Daniel already. (laughs) Daniel, you better watch out. (laughs) I take notes sometimes in my brain, you know? That's the equivalent of not taking notes. (laughs) That's me. That's me in college, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So we start with Paramount logo. This is actually the final MCU film that was under Paramount. Disney bought the rights right after this. And then it where's it start? So we start off. See if your your brain remembers with the notes. <laughs> Ooh, look, it's foggy. Ooh, look, it's icy. Ooh, look, we have some guys coming in through the like snow fog stuff. The answer I was looking for is present day. Oh yes, yeah, it's present day. day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking like scene. Yeah. You need like the Jeopardy sound effect when someone gets like a question wrong, like the. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that in. <laughs> I'll put it in just for you. <laughs> but yeah, so it's present day. That actually was shot like on a sound stage. They just really? filled it with a bunch of smoke. So like it was shot like inside. Oh my god. Like, that's crazy. Like like yeah. it looked like the Arctic, <laughs> and like the sun in the background was literally like on a track, and like they just pushed it like to make it look like it moved and followed the camera <laughs> with the perspective that's crazy i love those kind of effects though yeah instead of just like kind of copping out and always just going to cgi when you can do that type of thing yeah you can do it practically like i really like that like one of my favorite directors is christopher nolan and like that's like yes. a, like a marquee thing for him he's a huge practical yeah i he's one of my favorite directors too yeah so his new movie tenet's coming out big right? new christopher nolan movie coming out this summer yeah. hopefully they keep pushing the dates yeah. back but. it keeps getting pushed back as of now it's supposed to be it got pushed back from end of july to like mid 
beginning ish of August. So hopefully it's not pushed back again. again. <laughs> yeah, not gonna hold my breath though. Yeah, seriously. I someone told me that Jurassic Park was actually like top of the box office in cinema because it's the only thing that the drive-ins were playing because there's no <laughs> new movies out. So like, it's crazy that like this like like 30 year old movie or 40 year old movie whatever is like the top of the box office again. But anyways, back to the tank. Oh, we gotta get you, Zach. We need to have you do the uh, like whatever we want like bingo. You need to say, you need to do a back to the tank. Um, maybe some other things. I don't know what else would be on the bingo yeah, board. Yeah, what else do we say? <laughs> I'll have to make a bingo board if, if I come on again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, yeah, we're in the present. There's that cool laser that cuts through, like, the ship and the ice. It's kind of like Furies in, in Captain America 2, you know, when he cuts through the ground. Yeah, yep. that's what I was going to say. Also, it, like, also reminded me of, like, Tony's, even though I'm like, why would Tony use that soft or that hardware for, you know, shield? Because I'm assuming this is shield going out for this excursion. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just made me think of that. Yeah. But yeah, they're cutting into this giant hall of this crap they have no idea what it is yet that way they can get inside yeah so that ship like you know how it's all frozen and like it's obviously the same set as like the final fight scene in the third act yeah they actually like they filmed that in the middle of filming the fight scene just like with scheduling it worked out that they could only shoot that in the middle of the fight scene so pretty much they they shot the first half of the fight scene and they had to like destroy it and like make it look all froze. like they literally had to like freeze it and like tear it down like make it look like it had been frozen for 70 years film that scene then unfreeze it and like build it back up to like normal and then film that last half of the fight scene <laughs> like that's crazy jeez that's a lot yeah that seems yeah. super efficient yeah. <laughs> it's definitely one of the like the diva actors is like i'm not gonna be in town you're gonna need to figure something out yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's some people like i think marvel has done a good job of finding people that seem to like work well i guess that's kind of what they do they find like actors that aren't really like that big yet and they kind of like give them a platform to prove themselves which like chris evans which we'll eventually talk about he like wasn't really well known and actually like considered kind of like a failed actor and it's kind of same with Chris Hemsworth before like Marvel kind of gave him this chance and now look at that. Yeah, because what was Chris Evans do before? I mean, he was, I mean, he's Fantastic Four before. He was for, Human Torch. Yeah, Human Torch. <laughs> he was in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> That's all I really remember. I thought there was something else yeah. too. I can't think of it, but yeah, like those were the two big ones that like people would mainly remember. And then this, you know, huge jump for him. So, you know pretty nice yeah and now he, now he thinks he's too good for marvel so yeah <laughs> honestly he was very skeptical to take this role actually we'll talk about it later though i i, I have i've got it we'll, we'll get there <laughs> you have your notes your mental notes. i have my notes no i don't have my mental <laughs> notes that's why i've written down i'm not you <laughs> yeah so that frozen ship they see cap shield it's a really cool like that shield I, I really like how it looks like i feel like it could be really easy to just like be this like really cheesy like oh it's a star on a circle but like it's, it's like iconic you know yeah especially for like the people that are digging that up are probably people that like in this world like read captain america comic books as a kid growing up yeah. and you're literally just like finding your childhood hero and you're like what yeah. like it's it's something that's like immediately recognizable for them yeah that'd be so cool i want to do i want to I'm, I'm gonna drop the podcast i'm gonna go start digging in the arctic to find that you just find a capsicle but instead of him actually being able to be revived a capsicle um <laughs> he's just like like you can't save him you know he's just dead i do imagine though in like an alternate version of this movie they kind of like brush off like the frosted part of the snow and instead of like seeing captain america's shield there's just like 
you know, his face is just like there. Oh and it's my like, gosh. It's like super freaky. Oh. <laughs> it's like a horror, they shoot like a horror movie. I think that the shield is better for the tone of the film. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Walt Disney's frozen head is like next to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right before we leave this set, so this actually was apparently like a really tough set to work on. Apparently the director, like this whole, like the podcast crew, as I'm going to call them for the director's commentary, they said that like there was like three or four like broken ankles just trying to maneuver around this set while filming. Jeez. That's crazy. That's, all... That's a lot of workers' comp. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then we flash back to Norway. Big bomb boys are bombarding this... I was going to try to do an alliteration thing. Have you ever watched The Office? Uh, yeah. I don't mean to tangent. <laughs> so you, you, I feel like every time I ask you, like, Dana, what happens? You start you start talking like Kevin when he, like, st- starts using, like, less words. He's like, what? <laughs> why use more words? Few words do trick. <laughs> like, that's you. <laughs> no, I, I'm just trying to make, make it, you know, smooth. But I guess I do the opposite. I, I end up like Kevin. <laughs> but no, so Hydra is starting to bombard Norway, this town, because they're looking for something ancient and powerful which is that, that like car pulls up that car most some of the shots were like all cg well also before the car yeah there's like the giant bulldozer tank thing that you know blows down a wall oh my gosh that tank was so big <laughs> that's in my notes yeah that's one yeah. big boy <laughs> that's in my notes tank is big <laughs> well I have, I have big effing tank, but I don't know if this is an, explo- an explicit podcast, so I was just like, it big tank. I mean, I don't I don't care. <laughs> it's really big, and it, like, blasts through that door. You know the guy that's, like, actually guarding the, uh, the like, the, the test yeah. rack? That's Filch. Yeah, that's Filch from, from Harry <laughs> Potter. I, like, never knew that and for some reason. Who's also in Game of Thrones, who, and there's another Game of Thrones actor that makes a cameo later in this movie that I'll talk about. Oh, really? Hmm. I've never watched Game of Thrones, which I know is, like, oh. crazy. I know. I, I don't have HBO. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, hit me up for my login info. I'll I'll slide it to you. <laughs> oh, sweet. But I think I also saw with uh, AT&T, I get like a free month with that. Yes, so that is true. I think I'm going to I'm gonna do that. You can binge it in a month if you want. I, I was talking to Daniel. I was like, I need to binge it. Is there a month I can just waste and like <laughs> just do <laughs> Game of Thrones? Yeah, well, we've had like four now. Yeah, you're so. like tactically trying to think. You're like... When do I not have work? Yeah. <laughs> when, when can I just sit down and not do anything and just watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. I've only seen like the first episode and it was like all incest and I was like, oh, that's. <laughs> and you didn't keep <laughs> that's watching. Great. What? <laughs> that's that's the whole thing is just about that. So that's it. There's there's no other plots to go on during the whole thing. So don't watch it. Man, a whole month of that, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, anyway, let's back, back to the, to the tank. tank. Yeah. <laughs> so the Red Skull walks in after that, that one guy gets crushed. I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Luckily, the the actual like thing that fell on him, it was like styrofoam, like foam bricks. Oh. So he was probably fine. <laughs> probably. No, I thought it was a real brick. He like he actually died, and they had to like. Well, good. Well, that's <laughs> the movie's doing its job then. Authentic. <laughs> but yeah, so it sets up the villain, like the Red Skull. Obviously, he's not the Red Skull. He walks in, Hugo Weaving. Oh, he's such just like an intimidating guy. Like I think he, he I think he does a really good job in this film. Definitely, he's got such a great name too, Johann Schmidt. Yeah, like it's just like very German, obviously. And just like yeah. <laughs> anytime there's like that SCH sound, I'm just like, yes, like that's yeah. <laughs> so menacing. Yes, queen. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, please blow up my town. Yes. Yeah, every time they say Johan Schmidt, I'm like, yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that every time in my notes that his name was said. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, like, spoilers for Endgame, but like he comes in Infinity War, but like Red Skull eventually like comes back, but it's actually not the same actor. It's like a, it's, it's someone else because Hugo Weaving didn't want to come back. I don't 
don't know the whole, whole story. We'll probably talk about it more when we get to Infinity War and Endgame and stuff. But yeah, that's gonna be a while. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Yeah, he does a good job. Agent Smith from the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, it also I like how it sets up his his strength, like because it shows those three guys like aren't able to push the tune, and then he just pushes it off like instantly. Uh, he's just like yeet. Yeah, he <laughs> yeets it off. <laughs> I was remembering back to the first time I watched it, and like I didn't notice that at first, but then like this time rewatching, I was like, oh. He, he's strong boy. Oh, shoot. I forgot to say Araswa. Araswa? Really? Out of the <laughs> Did you ever see um, Return of the Jedi? They do a ton of, like, foreshadowing and, like, hinting at Red Skull in this scene. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like, when, like, he gets shot and then, like, the blood splats on the Hydra pin. And then also you see as it's panning down, like, he kind of adjusts his mask because, like, yeah. his face is a mask. Yeah, it's loose. And you can see any of the, the shots from the back, you can see, like, the seam on his mask, too. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's really I like that. I love that attention to detail that Marvel does. For sure. Yeah. Also liked how for the wall that the Tesseract was actually hiding in, it was actually showing the world tree. The tree of life. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was and like kind of talk about we talked about in Thor last time. Yeah. So like bringing that lore obviously back in, which is always nice. I think it is yeah. another like another nice detail of just like a lot of this stuff is like Nordic and Norse legend. So just to like yeah. have this scene unplay in Norway just like makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but I actually wanted to talk about. So I was watching some of the behind the scenes on the Captain America DVD I have, and so they had an interview actually with Joe Simon, who was like the original creator of the of Captain America and um, Red Skull, and he was talking about his inspiration for Red Skull. And he's like, I need a good villain for Captain America. So he went out and got ice cream. He got a hot fudge sundae. And he was like, ooh, these tentacles on the on the hot fudge, like, like it looks like tentacles almost, like the hot fudge cone went down. That's cool. And he looked up and he saw the cherry on top. And he was like, that's it. And that's how <laughs> Red Skull <laughs> became a thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Red Skull, just the ultimate cherry on top. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I just thought that was really funny. Take off one cherry, two more will take its place. <laughs> That's great. Every time you eat a cherry, two more show up on you. Yeah, there. just unlimited <laughs> cherries. It's like the exponential growth. Like, all of a sudden, like, you just have, like, a million cherries. <laughs> this... Uh, but anyways... This scene also has the first indiana jones call out oh yeah so johan schmidt says that the fuhrer digs for trinkets in the desert while he looks for like the tesseract and the gods and he's referring to the search for the ark of the covenant which is yeah. the whole plot of raiders of the lost ark so now fake canon in my mind indiana jones is in the mcu <laughs> which also means that when that terrible fourth indiana movie indiana jones movie comes out king of the crystal skull shia labeouf is in the mcu oh my gosh that's good <laughs> i think also what's his face the director joe johnston i think that's his name he said that steven spielberg and george lucas were big influences on him um and obviously george lucas was also he was a like friend of steven, steven spielberg and they worked on films together i think that's really cool i don't know i don't know really where i was going with that <laughs> do we want to continue with yeah things? the the snake he gets the cube i also feel like the tesseract has been nerfed in how much light it emits <laughs> oh definitely it's like it's it was like so bright and it's like it's crazy and then like in like infinity war it's eventually like it's not that much <laughs> but we talk about sound design a lot or i do I'm, I'm fascinated with sound design and like the tesseract has like a very distinct sound to it yeah and it's it's very cool like there, there's not like obviously like a real world like reference for what the tesseract sounds like a, a magical cube from space <laughs> <laughs> but like they they've come up with like that like kind of glowing like energy hum and like you immediately know like this is what it is i i think that's really cool 
cool association. Yeah. Yeah, it seems kind of similar to like the hum that a lightsaber gives off, but obviously like yeah. distinct enough that you're not like, why does that sound like a lightsaber? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it opens it up. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how in Cap Two we know like Star Wars exists in the MCU. Like he has that list of like things he needs to watch. So like Fury, like I, I I'm picturing like why does why did Nick Fury like star the Star Wars movies and then went on to be a spy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is towards the end of the scene. The uh, Filch, <laughs> the guy plays Filch, he warns him, he's like, you will burn. And he's like, I already have, because obviously he's already the Red Skull. And like we talked about, the uh, the blood that when he shoots him, that like gets on his... Uh, little pin, yeah. His pin. That's actually, it was CG blood, which I thought oh, was really? pretty good CG blood. Boo. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I thought it was like an actual... Real blood. We want real blood. Not even like fake blood. Someone's got to bleed. <laughs> he was actually shot. That's the last time you'll see Filch. That's why he's not in any of the <laughs> new Harry Potter movies. <laughs> oh, man. You should see how he goes out in Game of Thrones. You want to talk about blood? Oh, really? Blood. We might have to talk about Game of Thrones on, on this podcast eventually. I know my aunt would really like that. She's a big Game of Thrones fan. But yeah, so that's the end of the little opening scene. And we cut to Skinny Steve. Basically, at this point in the movie, he's just so desperate to get in the army. So he's just like bouncing around from enlistment to enlistment, like falsifying yeah. information to try and get in the army. And so obviously, like he's getting denied because they show this like laundry list of things that are wrong with him, like <laughs> asthma and it's just like you can't even read them all because it cuts to it so fast but like you yeah they mentioned like the asthma but that you see on a sheet there's like probably like 14 lines of stuff that's it's like just heart like problems and like, like 20 things yeah <laughs> yeah do you want to talk about the shrinking process because like this this was crazy for it is crazy and i yeah. you probably know more about it to talk to it better but i do know that they initially wanted to use a body double yeah but apparently Chris Evans just like yeah. moves too uniquely and the body double was like what <laughs> like I can't do this yeah so they kind of had to like pivot 180 and just did like, a full 180 sort of like the rocket mortgage Jason Momoa commercial like just digitally yeah shrink him <laughs> yeah so I I've done a lot of research and they talk about this a lot like when I thought of this movie I was like there's not that many visual effects and that's what even what like the the directors thought um and like the director and like the, the whole podcast crew where they were thinking but then like when you get into it you, you like literally shrinking down like Chris Evans who's like one of the most jacked humans for like the whole first act of the movie yeah <laughs> it's crazy like and the way they did it like so like you said they were originally gonna do a body double and actually there's a couple shots where like if it was way too complicated to shrink down they actually did do a body double the way they did it they, they was like they said there was like no one way to do it they had like four different ways they would like shoot the scene with Chris Evans like acting he had like really baggy clothes on and then they would shoot just like a clean plate which means like it's just no one in the scene so because like obviously when you shrink someone down you gotta fill in the background yeah background's gonna be there that like the camera didn't pick up the first time so that's so they can fill that in but like, yeah literally they went through a lot for most of the time went frame by frame and just shrunk him down you can't just like take him and just literally just scale him down proportionally like that's not how it works <laughs> that would look ridiculous <laughs> they'd just be like a, a shorter jacked man <laughs> like, yeah. just like a very buff chris evans child that wouldn't work <laughs> i want to see that cut of the movie <laughs> but no so they they literally went through and they like they had to like skinny up his body his arms they would like take his jaw and like make it angular they had to skinny his neck up because like he had like a thick muscular neck that was one way they did it imagine if they didn't shrink his neck so they like shrunk his head but his neck was the same size so his neck was just like the same <laughs> thickness as his head and it just like went straight into his head <laughs> i don't think he'd be as lovable <laughs> that way <laughs> i mean the reason chris evans wanted this is because he wanted it to be like his performance kind of thing and also like you said like he they even said like even when he does his stunts later like he has like a very unique way of moving that like it was tough to, to for even like gymnasts to like nail and he did a lot of his own stunts because of that <laughs> but like seriously like i cannot 
overstate how crazy these visual effects are. Kevin Feige, like the head producer, president of Marvel now, he said that like when they were showing test footage to people, people would go up to them and say like, how did you add like muscles on that skinny guy? And they were like, no, it's the other way around. They were like, what? (laughs) That's when he knew like it was going to work kind of thing. And I think it's crazy good effects. Like it was 2011, which like visual effects have come away since then. But like, it's just so good. Like, ugh. Ah, yeah. Chef's kisses. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but also, can we talk about Chris Evans a little bit? Because um, I know the casting for him was very controversial at the time. Why? Because of the, because of the Human Torch stuff? Or I forget what was. A little bit. It's just funny to like hear about people who are like so iconic in their roles, how they like almost didn't get or like it was controversial when they got a part. And you're like, yeah, what? Captain America is Chris Evans. Like, it's just so weird to think back on. I know. You can't picture anyone else. Like I said, Chris Evans had been known. He'd been typecasted as, as like a very like kind of like bold, kind of like almost like a like kind of a douche like character. Like he was the human torch. He was, um, which also people were upset because he was a human torch. So like, oh, that's another Marvel thing. He can't be Captain America as well. But also he was like boyfriend number two or whatever in Scott Pilgrim versus the world who like has the like giant eyebrows and like just like full, so full of himself. Like that was what he was known for being. And people weren't sure he had like kind of like the acting chops to like pull this off and like i can't imagine like anyone else doing it some of the other people that were like considered for the role the jonas brothers actually auditioned but they didn't make it far really in the process. <laughs> yeah like joe jonas and kevin jonas both like loved captain america and they both auditioned for it they did not make it far they've made a resurgence recently but that would have been yeah. hilarious yeah but um, John Krasinski from The Office, like we were talking about earlier, he auditioned. I think this was this was like 2010, probably when they were auditioning. So like, I think The Office was still going on. So that would have been, or either maybe just wrapping up. I don't know. But that would have been interesting. Like Jim from The Office. Like, what if just like one season Jim came on was just jacked all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm back from vacation. It would be yeah. a great cameo if he would have come into The Office for Halloween dressed up as Captain as America. As Captain America. <laughs> in like the actual like costume from set though. Yeah, like the professional Hollywood like, costume. Jim, that looks so professional. But especially because in The Office, Jim yeah, hates Halloween. Yeah, he hates dressing up. Yeah. And so he could, he could just, oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, uh, but some other people that were considered for the role were um, Chris Pine, like the Hollywood Chris's. They were all together. Um, Channing Tatum was rumored to be considered for it. And Sebastian Stan, actually, the guy that plays Bucky, the reason he got his foot in the door with the film uh, was because he auditioned for Captain America and then they thought he'd be better for Bucky. So yeah, that's how that kind of went down. I like him as Bucky a lot. I don't think he really has a chance to shine in this movie, but like future MCU films, I think he does a really great job. Yeah, one more one more thing to point out before we kind of move on from this phase of the movie. Yeah. Also on that enlistment form, because I saw the long list of things, so I kind of like stopped it and went back to look at like what those things were and noticed that... Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And noticed that his birthday... Daniel, you need to step up your game. <laughs> his birthday is the 4th of July. Isn't it July 4th? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, that might be... Something that like comic book fans or like more heavy duty fans probably already know, but I was like, oh yeah, like that's I had no idea. Yeah, that's pretty. That is cool. Like Independence Day is Captain America's birthday, so patriotic. <laughs> Following like this scene, he obviously like goes into the back alley and is like getting beat up by this guy. 
and they do like the first like shield yeah with the trash can lid kind of foreshadow where he picks up the trash can and holds yeah it, really good foreshadowing which i thought is just really funny and i think they touch on it a few more times before he like actually gets his shield right like with the the taxi door later yeah the taxi door later but then bucky obviously comes up and saves him and they talk for a little bit and then he's like come on like we gotta go we have a date and he says where are we going and bucky says the future which is funny because they end up both being in the future oh like, yeah <laughs> yeah that's cool i don't know if that's something that was like written intentionally of like oh this is gonna be funny in nine years or right. if it was just like because they were going to the stark expo right so it, like made sense also that is cool but i was like oh like you guys also both are still this age in 70 years so you do travel to the future <laughs> that's cool I, I never thought about that yeah, that's same. Really cool. i never do that connection either so back yeah that alley scene before we move on to stark expo we also have that first the line the i can do this all day and i think that really kind of sets up a big thing that the director said that they were trying to do is that they need you to fall in love with with skinny steve and show that he's noble before he becomes all buff and jacked mm. and that's like how this film is really like gonna work and that's also a tribute back to the visual effects like you need to like believe this is a real person not some like crazy uncanny valley like thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let's get back to the the stark expo so one of the things I like about the Stark Expo, like when we get into it, you have like that first like pan shot of obviously you see like the globe and like all the fireworks and all that you stuff. You see that suit? Yeah, that suit with the synthetic man. Well, someone said it was a uh, uh, the reference to the original Human Torch, apparently. Yeah, because originally he was an android rather than being like an actual yeah. person that was affected Which by Captain the... Captain, like Steve, jeez, Chris Evans. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're all the same person <laughs> to me. Captain Chris. <laughs> he played him. <laughs> so that's a little nod, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. Also, the Stark Expo was like all green screen pretty much except for the stage that like Stark was on. That was actually the same stage that th that's the same sound sound stage that they filmed the Arctic in was the stage that like Whoa. Stark was doing his oh. presentation on. That's so weird. Yeah. That's crazy. Like that set dressing, how much I can change everything. Yeah. Arctic. Okay. Now car time. Yeah. But I just want to talk about like how much of a kind of a risk this was. Like we talked about setting this film in the forties, getting that to kind of feel right. Like you can't just film it like the other MCU films have been. And Zach, you talked about this, but like it, it definitely feels different, but it's like a good different. The other Marvel films were obviously like in the present. And there was actually talk for this film. I'm pretty sure that like they, they didn't know if they should have the film take place all in the 1940s and then like jump to the present day and like show him kind of being out of time. I'm really glad they just stuck his origin story like just in the forties. Because I feel like that that needed its whole whole movie. I felt like it would have been rushed if it was otherwise. Yeah. The other way. Yeah, agreed. I agree. And another thing they did just with like the whole color scheme of the movie, like yeah. it has like a yellowish undertone, kind of like yes. yeah, kind of like sepia toned a little bit, but not like in your face about it. Right. So it feels like it has like it just it's not shot in this vibrant color palette. Right. That most of the Marvel movies like are <laughs> shot in that like the Avengers, like obviously like the iconic scene when they're circling around them and it's just like so vibrant. You have like right the green from the Hulk and like blue of Captain yeah. America and the red of Iron Man and Thor's like cape. the cityscape around it and all these yeah. like vibrant colors this movie is much more like, like muted muted and like yellow undertones yeah. so it feels very different than the other movies which kind of you know, lends itself to like it's in a different time which I really enjoyed right and the, a big thing that they tried to do they, they it was very intentional to do that with like the tone and they also like with the, the props they had like all the, the technology they wanted to have kind of like because there's some kind of pretty advanced technology in here but they wanted to make it out of like especially like with Hydra but they wanted to make it out of like materials that 
could feasibly like be found in the 1940s, which I think it, so it has like an iconic look. And I think that is another thing that sells into the whole, this takes place in the 1940s. And it like, it doesn't feel like, oh, they're on a set. <laughs> this isn't the 1940s. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's Stark Expo. Bucky reveals that he's going to the 107th, which is also, it sets up later when Steve goes to the 107th, but it's also sad because it's what Steve really wants to do. He wants to kind of lay down his life and, and serve his country. Oh yeah. And then we got young Howard Stark and his whole presentation, like we were talking about. Yeah, he's trying to show off this levitating car with this anti-graph, like, motors, I guess. It's like four little engines where the tires should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a precursor to, like, the, the Stark repulsion technology, I guess. Yeah. Pretty cool. I did say a few years, didn't I? <laughs> also, around this time, in the director's commentary, they said that there's, like, so many sets in this. I think, like, there was a hundred... They said there was 115 different sets for a 117-page script. So, basically, like, for scripts, one page equals, like, like one minute approximately. So like, that's almost a set per minute. Wow. That's crazy. That's really crazy. <laughs> and they said they only had four to five like sound stages that they were filming on in London. So they were doing like a cycle. Like they would film while like the other sets were being like constructed, constructed? and painted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they said a lot of the time the paint on the set was wet because they didn't have time for it to dry. Oh my God. So, like, Jeez. That's just a crazy production schedule. And then like as soon as you leave one set, they tear it down and set up like the next set that they were going to film. Just how much planning goes into these films is crazy. I feel like to, even to just be like a logistics coordinator on like a movie like this yeah. like i like i'm not shooting anything like i'm not doing like but just to be like like scheduling like, that would be crazy it'd be so it'd be yeah. such a fun job that's why there's like you see like there's like five producers on every movie because like that's like what they do like so basically i don't know how much people know you guys or audience that is listening about movies but like i kind of had to look this up a while ago when i was getting into film but like the director is like the creative vision so they are like all right this shot goes like here i want this story arc blah 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 all the creative stuff and the producer it's their job to get whatever the director needs kind of thing and like kind of coordinate gotcha. with like the studio kind of thing. So like if the director's like, I need a helicopter shot or like a helicopter for this shot, then the producer's job is to like find, all right, how can we rent a helicopter? Where can we film this? Get the permits, all that stuff. Can the actors like, do they need like a license to fly this kind of thing? Like it's their logistical stuff. So like producers are kind of like the unsung heroes a lot of the time of like films because directors get a lot of the credit, which they should, but like <laughs> producers do a lot too. <laughs> Especially with stuff like this, these huge things that need so much scheduling. Yeah. But yeah, when Steve tries to go enlist again, we meet Dr. Abraham Erskshein. Erskshein? Well, I don't know how to pronounce I'll, it. I'll give it, it to is. you, Jake. You're close enough there. That's pretty good. All right. Stanley Tucci, who is a great actor in my opinion. He said that he wanted to do this film because he wanted to do it. He's always wanted to do a German accent. Really? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Do I get to do a German accent? Uh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Just like every movie he auditions for, like, can I do it in a German accent? And they're like, no, dude, like, absolutely not. That makes no sense. Like, he's reading for the role of Captain America. Can I do it in a German accent? No. <laughs> That'd be a different movie. <laughs> there's that one shot before he goes in where there's like the poster with the, like the light where you have the one army guy and it's like the head silhouette. So like his head, uh -huh. you know, like it looks like he's like in the uniform and all that stuff. And he goes to the list. And then Steve steps up and then he's like in the neck of that like silhouette. Yeah. Which just kind of shows like, oh yeah, he's. He's not ready. He's not capable. He's not tall. <laughs> Even though he's willing. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he's just not like the ideal image, which the Dr. Abraham, whatever his name is, Stanley Tucci sees in him. He actually like overhears that conversation. Uh, Zach, what were you going to say? Imagine if just the primary villain of Captain America was just Captain Germany. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
Um. <laughs> we yeah we talk about kind of how like for Marvel villains like it's tough to find like a a hero and like a villain that's the villain's just not like the anti like the opposite of the hero kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I give a pass on in my this is just like my like random thought. Like I give a pass for like origin movies, but then like after that I'm like come on you gotta be a little creative. Yeah. Um, which I think actually like Ant Man two didn't get the best ratings, but I think I, I appreciate that they tried like a different villain like different powers like the ghost thing. Yeah. I appreciate that they they did that. Yeah, Stanley Tucci he overhears. Cap talking with Bucky and, ha- and sees like kind of how noble he is. And so when Cap is, or I guess he's not Cap yet, Steve is in the, the like the room that he's going to get like his physical in or whatever. He comes in and starts talking to him. And I really like this whole like little, little speech and, and like how the music kind of swells when, when Captain America is talking about just how noble he is. He like doesn't like bullies. He doesn't want to kill like anyone. And I think that's speaks volumes about like the character that is Captain America and like his values and everything. Definitely. But it's also cool to see like how that changes later on where he's like, well, it doesn't really change, but like it's shifted more in a direction of, I guess, anger. Like when Bucky passes later on, quote unquote passes later on. Whoa, it, spoilers. <laughs> it's been like nine years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't, I guess we didn't give a spoiler, but if you clicked on this podcast and you haven't seen the movie, yeah. like that's your own fault. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to name it something different to throw people off. And if you've made it this far and you haven't turned it off and you haven't seen the movie, then it's really your fault. We've already spoiled like Endgame. And now we're <laughs> <laughs> but no, like what I mean, like that one part where he's in the bar with Peggy later on and he's like, I won't stop until they're all dead or captured, you know? As compared to, I don't yeah. want to kill anybody, I just don't like bullies. He's still trying to stay aligned to, like, his moral code, but it's also yeah. more personal later. But yeah. I think that's something that is kind of a bit of, like, a through line and a through co- conflict for Captain America in the whole universe of just, like, trying to reconcile, reconcile like, your, this strict moral code that he abides by yeah. with, like, the super difficult circumstances that he finds himself in. And obviously, like, that's, like, a... A very normal like plot device in movie making but i think that it's particular like the struggle for him is particularly well done just because it's so you can be so slow and patient with it when you have like what like 21 movies i mean he's not in all of them but like yeah when he probably he probably has like eight or nine movies to like super flesh this out right and a lot of it comes like to a head later in like civil war exactly yeah but they kind of lay the foundation for that of like this strict moral code and then he finds himself in situations that might not be as black and white yeah. as he would like, as his moral code would like it to be. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a huge thing. Like, I think a big thing about Cap is like he doesn't really have many character flaws in this particular movie, which like is very strange for a movie, like for a character's protagonist. But because like the MCU is like this interconnected thing, and like it's kind of like watching like the whole thing. His kind of like not character flaw, but like something he struggles with is being a man out of time. The world is a lot more complicated in like the. Pre- present day and like eventually with civil war like the whole thing like things aren't as black and white as you originally like think and especially even in cap 2 before civil war like with hydra like these are supposed to be the good guys and like this organization infection parasite has kind of grown within shield and we talk about also like kind of how that comes together in endgame like how tony and steve like literally like kind of like cross arcs like steve starts out as we see in this movie is like the order following soldier will do anything because it's orders kind of thing and then like eventually completely shifting at the end of endgame he takes the opportunity when he's time traveling to goes to his woman finally like take time for himself and yeah be with peggy (laughs) 
Exactly. It's, it's like like he he's get that dance. He's the selfless one to the selfish, but not really selfish. Yeah. Oh, that dance. I love that dance. <laughs> I, it's like oh, he earned it. I'm so excited to get to there. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's a long while away. Yeah. Well, so we go back to Hydra Base in the mountains and the Alps. Doctor Zola. It's the first time you see him, and it's through that distorted. Yeah, and I love how yeah lens through the lens to pay homage like how he is like, which is also how we see him later on in, in Cap Two. Cap Two, where he's like all digitized and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, then you pan over to him where he's like just using the technical equipment. Yeah. So, sorry, were you, were you going to say something? I, I thought no, you, you said, I was trying to remember what his name was in the comics, like the big TV face man. Yeah, it was just Zola. Oh, okay. I didn't know if he had a different like supervillain name. Nah, I was just on Zola. I guess Zola's cool enough. <laughs> All right. Hello, I'm Mr. Big TV Man. <laughs> Not as intimidating. <laughs> I like how Red Skull is continuing with the Thor themes of like magic and science being one and the same, except for a more evil purpose, I guess. More <laughs> like world domination. <laughs> yeah, but we see here that Dr. Zola is trying to use his like machines to collect power with the the Tesseract. And I like I really like the shot when like it pans to Dr. Zola and he's like, This will change the war. And he's like, No, Doctor, this will change the world. Like pans past him. I really like the framing of that shot. Yeah, mm. very dramatic. And also it shows he's a compelling villain because he believes what he's doing is for the good of the world, even though just the means he's trying to get there. Are not the best. <laughs> yeah, like like burning the world over. He's kind of like a pre-Thanos if you think about it. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna make the world new. Like second Thanos, I guess, in Endgame. That's a lot of supervillains just trying yeah, to reset the world. It's just like why? <laughs> not why? just Thanos. <laughs> why are you making it your problem, dude? It's the world. Just just let it just let it float. I don't know. That's my that's that's my philosophy. But I mean, um... <laughs> he's, he's probably a, he's probably a cross section of Thanos and Hitler. <laughs> the, like the OG real life supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So then we finally cut to Steve Rogers at the army camp and we finally see Peggy freaking Carter. I love her and Steve together. They are my favorite MCU couple. I ship them so hard. And I, I've always said, even before like I knew they went like went back in time and like got to live together. I always like ever since like Cap Two, maybe between Cap Two and Three, I was like, I want I wish they could have had like a life together. Like they were so good for each other. I loved them so much. And and then they did. And that just it made my world. But he also slept with her niece. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. All the memes. Are like Table that. Table that for that film. It's a future problem. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so we get Peggy's introduction. She's a, another example of Marvel having the very strong female characters, which is just a good trope of Marvel. And like, I like how she like punches that like kind of jerk that like speaks out <laughs> against her being Queen Victoria. Yeah. And then there's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. What's his, what's the name of his? Colonel Phillips. Phillips. They only have a few days to shoot with him apparently, but they like really had a lot. There was a lot of scenes with him. I don't know like how many days. He has have. a lot. Of, he has yeah. some good like one-liners. Some good yeah. quips yeah, in here they, too. The director commented on that. They were, he was like, like, we felt like we didn't give him that many good lines, but like he has a way of delivering them that like they make him iconic. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's really cool. <laughs> Wars are fought with guns, but they're won by a man. We're gonna win because we have the best man. <laughs> Looks right, yeah. Steve. And they get better. <laughs> But later in the movie, I forget when it is. I think that's when they're in Austria, like when they're off in Europe during the war. He says, yeah. he's like, uh, if you have something to say, this is a great time to keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I just like, I relate to so much. Like there's been so many times I've thought that of like someone's about to say something and I'm just like, you should just keep whatever you're about to say to yourself. <laughs> yeah, but uh, then we get to the training montage with Skinny Steve. And I really like the the flag scene where like he, he knocks down 
down that flag. That was iconic. Like, he thinks out of the box. And that really speaks to his character and, like, kind of makes him stand out. Because you got to think, like, because he, his character, Steve Rogers, has lived his whole life as being this skinny, not physically able person, he has had to think, like, out of the box like that. And that's a great, like, visual representation of that. And I feel like he carries that over when he becomes all buff. And that kind of makes him, like, a very well-rounded, like, superhero that he ends up becoming kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. It also dawned on me during that scene that it reminded me of the, the scene in Mulan the, with the training montage of I'll make a man. Yeah. You have to, like, climb and get the arrow. Yeah. It's like, there should be a super cut version of this scene with, like, with that yeah. song being played. Because Disney owns it all. So, wow. Disney, make, make yeah, that no, happen. that's fine. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, basically, you're telling me if I do this, I only get sued by one company, right? <laughs> but, yeah, also, so the, the actor that's like, Rogers, I said fall in. That was actually an extra from, like, an earlier, like, army scene. And he did, like, such a good job that they, like, gave him that part. So that, oh. I don't know how you'd be like a good extra, but like, I want to do that. I wanna... Good for that guy. Yeah. He was doing jumping jacks in the back super hard. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, this guy, we need him. <laughs> it's also really funny. There's a lot of like behind the scenes that I was looking at, like right before this good, like grenade scene that's about to come up. Steve Rogers, like doing these like horrible pushups. It's really funny to see like the behind the scenes. Cause it's like jacked Chris Evans pretending to be horrible at pushups. <laughs> and it's like, you could do like 20,000 of these fine. <laughs> I could have got hired for that role. My grandma has more life than you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand the whole dummy grenade thing. Like, it's this part where, like, Colonel Phillips and Dr. Ernstkind, whatever, are talking about, like, who has the most, like, guts or whatever, and, like, who has the heart of a soldier. And he throws that dummy grenade. Like, wouldn't you not want your super soldier that you're putting, like, millions of dollars research into to just willingly jump onto a grenade and, like, put all that research to crap? Like, that's just my thought. I understand the motive behind it, but, like... I don't know if I want that. <laughs> it did seem like a little heavy handed. Like you can yeah. probably come up with a better way to demonstrate that he's selfless. Yeah. But also during that grenade scene, you'll notice if you watch it back, they do this, they cut to this angle once he's like falling onto the grenade and Peggy is also running yeah. at the grenade. I did notice that. And I was like, oh, that's goals. Like they would both just totally jump on a grenade like they're meant for each other. They'd catch a grenade for each other. <laughs> another super cut. Do another super cut of that. Yeah, another super cut. Wait, no, but then I could get sued by uh, Bruno Mars and uh, Disney. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Does Disney own Bruno Mars, maybe? <laughs> I mean, I would not be surprised. They'd own everything. But that's a that's a little scene that happens. And then we cut to the scene in like the little cabin where they're, they're about to share a drink together, but they can't really share a drink together. It's a good little exposition scene he's kind of explaining what happened with red skull like how the serum amplifies what's already in a person like good becomes great bad becomes worse kind of thing yeah that's kind of like what makes steve special is he's just not special he's a kid from brooklyn like spider-man almost oh some parallels We'll get there eventually, too. <laughs> in a few movies. That's the future. Yeah, I also think it's funny that, like, Cap can't drink. He's about to pour him a drink. That, that would have been his last drink that he would have been able to, like, feel. Oh, that's kind of sad. Wow. Dang. And he didn't even know. <laughs> he never knew. Ugh. Ugh. That's the actual worst part of this movie. Yeah, that is. That's <laughs> the, tr- the biggest tragedy. Not Steve losing everything at the end of the movie when he, like, goes to the future, <laughs> but not being able to drink ever again. If you, I mean, if you lose your opportunity at your last drink, isn't that already everything? That is the the end of everything. <laughs> yeah you're right you lose like the only coping mechanism that us like yeah straight white men have 
Exactly. <laughs> if I were to jump 70 years in the future, that would probably be the first thing I do to cope, but you can't. Exactly. We don't <laughs> yeah. we don't learn how to deal with our feelings. We just exactly. drink instead. I wonder if you know in, in Ultron when like Thor has that like really aged like drink that he pours that like Stan Lee drinks. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, does that get him drunk maybe because it's so strong? Maybe they have to maybe maybe they have know. to make like special drinks for him cuz yeah. I think at one point, he says that, like, or Peggy tells him, like, his metabolism is, like, four times faster. So if you just right. drink something just that's, like, four, four times, times stronger, stronger yeah. Yeah. then, like, wouldn't you be square? Maybe. <laughs> just normal. You're just drinking hand sanitizer at a party. <laughs> Dude, what if you get into a drinking competition with him and just, like, not know that, like, he's Captain America? <laughs> That'd be rough. I feel like Chris Evans just normal, like, a normal human could still beat me at, like, a drinking competition. Oh, without a doubt. He's also, like, in real life, he's, like, like a super, like, party guy. Like, he he's, like, the only one in the event. Avengers cast like I love getting eventually when we get to Avengers and Ultron like seeing that those cast interviews when they're all together they, they're like such a good like fun group of people that like like hanging out with each other and like apparently like Chris Evans by the end like of Ultron like after they've done this for a few years he's like the only one that doesn't have a kid or anything and so like he's always the one that it's apparently like all right guys let's go out let's hang out and they're like <laughs> we have responsibilities <laughs> I think that's funny it's like a very it's also like a, such a stark contrast huh, stark get it because Tony Stark <laughs> to like his character like Steve Rogers is like not that <laughs> props to his acting chops I guess <laughs> oh yeah so then we cut to Germany again this is when Schmidt's being painted we find out that he gave the order to kill Dr. Abraham Stanley whatever <laughs> I really like the silhouette like with the like the Alps in the background and you just see the silhouette of the red skull it's like Hugo Weaving just holds that performance like at like such a highway it, it, it looks really cool yeah and then the artist that's painting him like they show his color palette and it's like only red yeah. all reds yeah. I also like the artist only has like a few like seconds but like his expression like says a lot like he's just like he looks like he does not want to be there <laughs> disgusted he doesn't want to be there but like he has to and <laughs> just accepts it's it like this sucks yeah <laughs> what has my life become I went to art school for this <laughs> oh, Jake don't don't even go there <laughs> yeah yeah, Daniel, maybe that's what you'll end Ooh, too soon, too da soon. I mean, Daniel, if you get to in a Marvel film, yeah. <laughs> so then we cut to Peggy and Steve in the car. I love this scene as well because it sets up Peggy and Steve, their relationship, and it shows that Peggy starts to bond and I don't even, not like get attracted to, but like relationship starts building in the car before he's buff. Like, I don't think the Peggy Steve stuff would have worked if she didn't fall in love. Like, like we have to fall in love with Skinny Steve before he becomes buff. I don't think it would have been believable if like all of a sudden she starts liking him when he's buff. Like she starts like to relate to him in the car because they can both bond over kind of being in a place like testosterone like filled men society when like Steve's kind of like the runt and she's obviously like a woman in a man's world kind of thing. So they kind of bond over that. And I think that's done very well in this scene. Definitely. But I also think that I mean, this is definitely the start of, like, the relationship, like you said, but there's also, like, she's been watching him and observing him, like, as we've seen, like, him through all the training and stuff before. It's a little creepy. Well, yeah, but... No, I know, I'm kidding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's obviously showing that she has interest. Yeah. I'm not saying it's romantic interest, I'm not saying, but she's obviously intrigued by Steve, at the very least. And then this car scene's, like, the first time that they really interact, like Steve said, this is the longest conversation I've had with a woman. <laughs> so just further builds that yeah yeah i think one of the things that primarily in any movie makes relationships like that work is like a tension between the characters and oftentimes like once that tension gets released from the audience standpoint it's just like no longer really compelling right and that tension never like really fully gets released resolves yeah which is why i think that like so many people and like you said like this is your ultimate like, like your favorite <laughs> relationship yeah it's just because like you yeah. permanently live in that tension you never get the release of them like 
like being together or like right sometimes it's like just like sleeping together once or sometimes it's like they start dating yeah and then kind of like the tension and like the interesting part of that relationship from the viewer side is just gone yeah and so you don't think about it in the same way and one of the reasons that this works so well and is just like lives in time and just like still so many people's favorites is because there's only ever tension like that tension never gets a full release yeah i completely agree very well said but yeah after this whole like car scene they go to the like that like bookstore or whatever and i i really want to see someone just like a really paranoid person like walk in and, and then like lovely weather we're having and they just have an umbrella and they're like oh yeah but i always carry an umbrella and then they like, just get access to like a government base <laughs> yeah and because they're like the person that literally carries an umbrella like everywhere they're already you know they're super paranoid and then they see this and they're like what the heck is happening gold. i just want to see that uh but also that the old lady like behind the counter that like lets them in that's reference to the like one of the first Captain America comics it's actually in the comic it's Peggy behind the counter and she has like a fake old lady mask on and then she like pulls it off and she's like hey it's me Peggy that's a cool little nod for that look at that yeah it actually just is old Peggy and that's how she dies because she time traveled with Steve (laughs) you're blowing my mind (laughs) fake cannon hashtag fake cannon But yeah, so yeah. they get access to this government base, and then they walk to the procedure room uh, where we meet the senator and the person from the State Department that is not actually spoiler. from the State Department. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> He's an evil boy. He's a heckin' Nazi. This is also the scene what we were talking about earlier, like the muted colors and stuff. This scene really stands out to me, like with all the greens yeah. mm. in, in like the procedure room. And like the technology that like is like advanced, but like- It's still analog. Like the valves and stuff like look like- yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, analog, and yeah. also just the general shape design. Yeah. With like with all the, for example, like the capsule, like the, the beveled curves and stuff like that, and to the degree in which like they arc around. Bevel, what a good word, yeah. And like you were saying, like with the displays and all the, like all the different- controls and stuff like that they actually they used paint that was like specifically like favored in the 40s to paint a lot of this set oh so there's a lot of lead in it which i think is really cool yeah and i'm also worried like did they all get lead poisoning (laughs) from this (laughs) you know it's whatever yeah we also built all these sets with asbestos yeah (laughs) just you know to go with the time Yeah. We're trying to be as authentic as possible here, okay? That's why most of the cast didn't return for Cap 2. <laughs> like, it's only the elite that survived. <laughs> it's definitely not the time jump. They had to time jump because so many people were lost. That's why the Russo brothers came on. <laughs> the director couldn't come back. He was too sick. But yeah, the procedure, like, starts to begin. Well, we should also mention that's Tony. Oh, yeah. That's, like, it's not Tony. Been leading. Well, not to- Oh, my God. Howard. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a big jump. Man, he, that guy can't get out of his son's shadow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's like the opposite of what you think. <laughs> but no, like Howard's been the one leading for the, all the technology for this experiment, stuff like that. That's also like gotta be, think of like Steve, who's just like this kid from Brooklyn. And then like, that'd be like if Elon Musk is like coming to do like, <laughs> do your procedure. Like, that'd be really cool. <laughs> all right, let's give you a, a new robotic arm. Yeah. I don't know why I went like British for Elon. I'm going to turn you into a Tesla. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> you're, the, you're the first Cybertruck. Uh, and then you're, you become a superhero and you're just like part <laughs> like part autobot transformer yeah but you're a tesla and you're just like i would do that <laughs> your name is just like tesla man you're sent out to mars to like terraform your one key weakness is just that like you you're electric so you got to recharge yourself uh, i'd rather do that than have to drink gasoline yeah that's a good point that's a good point <laughs> put that on the i don't know why those are my two options <laughs> put that on the twitter twitter poll yeah yeah if you were an auto an autobot in the transformer would you, would you 
rather plug in <laughs> have to charge yourself every three hours or drink gasoline <laughs> drink gasoline like once a day <laughs> wow yeah uh back to the tank i think <laughs> the procedure starts and there's a dutch angle when howard goes over to like turn the the vial and i had ptsd to thor i was like no not again oh my god i can't do this <laughs> then also there's a continuity error apparently the director pointed out so like when steve goes in he's strapped in with a belt a leather belt around his waist and when he comes out the belt is just gone but i like to think that he became so muscular he that just, just popped off the belt absolutely yeah. that's not continuity error that's exactly what they were going for <laughs> yeah it's intentional i want to see the um the alternate universe where so you know how they like stop at 70 percent <laughs> and then they're like wait cut it off like what if they actually stop and he just gets like, out he's just like a normal guy <laughs> no, no no he's not a normal guy only 70 percent of him is huge yeah like, so, like, like his right arm is just like nor- his like, right arm skinny. is just like completely normal <laughs> it's like half, yeah. half of his neck still is like skinny. buff the other half is like still the skinny yeah. neck no it's it's the thing you were talking about where, like his head is still small but like his rest of his body is jacked <laughs> the, apparently the neck is the last thing or the neck is the last the head, thing to load yeah <laughs> i want to see that that's another edit someone's got to do that <laughs> there's so many edits we got to do for this <laughs> yeah but also that capsule that like comes up like that was they actually like built a capsule that like mechanically like moved up and like closed and that i thought that was pretty advanced yes. pretty cool practical sets yeah more yeah practical christopher nolan would be proud oh dude this shot when like it opens up just oh, the music the first time you like really hear the captain america theme like powerful the music the bod everything he's so <laughs> jacked oh my gosh Jake, are you all right there i don't know i, I need a drink of water <laughs> got me some type of way yeah. so the, he was saying like this was like the shot that they like chris evans was like working out for and like i think it paid off but apparently like between every take he would go when they were setting up the camera he would like do like 50 push-ups between like every take Jeez. Yeah. just like to have that extra pop and like i think it, it paid off <laughs> usually when they do that stuff too they'll like I, I don't know if they used it for this movie but i imagine they did they have people that like spray they have yes. like spray bottles of fake sweat yeah that like somebody's entire job is just to like yeah sweat i saw i saw a meme where it was like someone sh- saw the behind the scenes for like i think zach efron they were like i want that to be my job <laughs> like it's just that's my whole career just spraying beautiful men with <laughs> with water <laughs> or oil or whatever the, also the next the next part where like everyone's like yeah it worked and then everyone comes down the shot where peggy like touches his chest or like reaches out to like she's like ooh. that was actually like not planned she was literally so in awe and like taken aback by his body like she just like instinctively did that like that was not scripted <laughs> that's funny at all <laughs> and they, they liked it that they kept it in i think that i love those like little things that get left in movies also i why did they leave one extra vial like yeah i didn't uh, get that either it's just like okay we're gonna use them all and then here's one extra i guess it was the 40s no one cared about like sanitation and like thought ahead or anything i mean remember the paint and everything (laughs) maybe the batch was just like you need like you get like a certain volume so it's like baking a cake or something like that so you need to have like (laughs) so many other things to get like 13 vials even though you're only going to use like 12 you're comparing captain america's serum to baking a cake (laughs) (laughs) is it not the same thing isn't that thing just a big oven and they when chris evans like obviously he was born premature that's why he just didn't get cooked long enough <laughs> yeah exactly so they just finished baking him yeah they just need that pie <laughs> when he opens up it's like you get that little oven like the easy bake oven like the ding what if you overcook him does he become too jacked oh, like <laughs> they missed they missed an opportunity to have like an oven ding when he was done cooking yeah. <laughs> it's like ding ba 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 
just, <laughs> another edit <laughs> it's like truly in the score like someone just like hits a triangle yeah yeah <laughs> dude, what, dude what if you were the guy that did that triangle you would forever be known oh i want to do that so iconic <laughs> that's so great so then the german quote-unquote secretary of state guy whatever mr nazi yeah he takes the vial and blows up the top room and shoots german accent man oh my god um, the, the scientist <laughs> what was the point of blowing up the top room everyone had I left think it was like a distraction but probably but like i mean he just stood in the middle of everybody shot so him he could grab the vial but like i feel like he could have easily snuck over to the vial and grabbed it like stealthily instead of like doing that whole thing yeah, the distraction seems just like not necessary at that point yeah but you need to like i don't know get the the tension up i guess <laughs> i really like how peggy gets a, f- a shot off and actually hits the guy again showing the strong female marvel characters like not the whole like damsel in distress like cliche i guess that's pretty cool. Yeah. You can hold her own. I feel bad for that old lady who gets just gunned down. She gets blabbed. Yeah. You mean older Peggy? Older Peggy. Oh, shoot. Is that how oh, she dies? No. That's sad. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that when we thought about that. But that's so in character for Peggy, too. She goes out shooting. Yeah. You got that Tommy. And she goes, yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's true. She goes out shooting. Man, this theory has some, like, meat behind it. She's like, I gotta continue the continuity. I can't speak. I gotta keep the timeline. That's what I meant to say. I don't know why I try to get all fancy Yeah, what it. Yeah, Maybe there's a Peggy, like this Peggy sees this old Peggy and then she like, what if she changes the timeline and like she survives? She just like hides. <laughs> or maybe know. she goes back to change the timeline to intentionally die right there because if she stops him and shoots that guy, then Peggy and oh. Captain America never have that moment where he saves her and she's like, what the heck? Oh my God. That's like a major foundation of their relationship. Yeah. And then they never end up together. Captain America, like he wouldn't have gone to the future. Yeah. Oh my God. Gosh, so she had to for their love. So she sacrificed it. It's like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, oh my gosh, they're the best couple. <laughs> oh, you can't tell you can't tell me they're not the best couple. So she yes, it's exactly like that because she thought he was dead, but then he wasn't. Oh, so then oh she killed gosh. herself. <laughs> Dear Lords. Oh. Shakespeare oh my gosh. in this. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. I need to... Only the best from whatever we want podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great episode. High level analysis. Yeah. So the guy goes outside after killing old Peggy. Rest in peace. He gets in the car and Peggy, old young Peggy, I mean, to distinguish now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, shoots the, I, lo- I love that she gets that like little, that like snipe off and gets the, the driver. I'm sure the driver wasn't happy that she got that snipe off. Uh, then they crash. I love, I love the taxi driver. Like he's like so slow to like the he's conclusions. Like, he like goes, gets out of his hey, car. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, Oh my gosh, hey, this, this guy guy's shot. This <laughs> <laughs> taxi's gone. Meanwhile, the guy yeah. has like stolen his car. Yeah. Like, does that line need to be there? Does the, do, do we need to know that the taxi driver has realized that somebody's been shot? Or can they just steal the taxi and go? Maybe if it wasn't in it, like the rest of the it, the timeline would have been messed up again somehow. <laughs> See, the taxi driver didn't know what was going on because it's like GTA. That taxi driver is Captain America going back to fix the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> I also like this scene. This scene is really good. It shows like, it, it's an immediate way to show like Steve's new like strength and ability um instead of like having to do like maybe like another training montage of like testing and stuff but like this really shows like his speed his strength it's really cool i also like in the behind the scenes chris evans has feet boots on for the whole time i don't know if you guys have seen like if you look up chris evans feet boots like it's it's actually kind of freaky looking but like he has like these like boots on and it looks like a pair of feet <laughs> because he like had to protect his feet from like running on the glass and like the pavement and stuff it, it's kind of freaky looking at <laughs> oh yeah i'm looking at him that's disgusting <laughs> yeah <laughs> chris evans did a lot of his own stunts because people literally could not run as fast as he could like the the, his stunt doubles so he had to like do it (laughs) just 
do it. So, Zach, I feel like you could have been Chris Evans' stunt double with your long distance running. I think I should have been Chris Evans' stunt double for so many yeah. reasons. One, yeah. I nailed the skinny Steve. <laughs> yeah. Two, the scene where you were talking about him not being able to, like, do push-ups. <laughs> that's true of me. I literally, like, I, I wouldn't need to fake that. Like, it's that's reality. Dang. And then three, I can do all of his running. So, yeah. that's one thing I really hate in movies. My backup career option for myself is to be, like, yeah. the consultant for running in movies because yeah it's dude i know so it was... bad when people are like trying to r- look like they're running fast it's yes. atrocious it's so bad have you seen the flash in injustice oh my League? goodness i hate oh my that. gosh yeah he's like crossing his arms i hate that so much his arms are like spaghetti like his he literally does like a waveform through his arm as he like throws himself forward i'm like bro uh... or just like anytime anyone in any movie is trying to look like they're running fast it's just so bad it's it's so bad and like have you seen the flash tv TV show. Oh, actually, Loki loved those. I, I just like, I like the beginning. I think they kind of got lazy. Like, I saw some behind the scenes for that, and like, they apparently said that like they now like just have him move his arms. Like, he doesn't like actually run, move his feet. So anytime the Flash is actually running, and like you only see him from waist up, just you just know it's him just moving with his hands. That's hilarious. Like, up and down. <laughs> yeah. But like cross country movies and like running movies, yeah. the running just doesn't look real at all. Yeah. And that's just like a big problem. That's my biggest gripe with Hollywood right now. So yeah, if anyone from Hollywood's listening. <laughs> that down. Zach is open to be a Hollywood consultant for running. Running so. consultant. Professional running consultant. Yeah. Reach out to us. We'll, we'll get you in contact. <laughs> I love how it's not, it's not the CGI. It's not the plot. It's not even like the overall... It's <laughs> how they run. That's that's your biggest crime. That, that's... Yeah. That's 100% it. I honestly think Chris Evans did an alright job. No, he did. He it did. just... It takes, it, it takes me out of it. Chris Evans did do better than most do. But there's so many movies where it just takes me out of the movie. Yeah, definitely. But you gotta think for Chris Evans, like, I feel like it makes sense if he's a little clunky running because yeah. sure. he literally just gained 70 like plus pounds if not more of pure muscle and he probably doesn't know how to control like his his well, he body definitely doesn't because he ran into that window yeah that, yeah, yeah. He, he can't bank that turn it reminds me of like when kids hit puberty and they like don't know how to use their like limbs and appendages <laughs> yet it's so funny because <laughs> i had that problem yeah at least he got to skip like the all the like annoying like parts of puberty like he just went from step one to step two and another like yeah. in between <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if like yeah if he just has like crazy body hair <laughs> problems after that now yeah what if his body hair grows four times as fast too? oh my god like, he just always has to shave like between every scene <laughs> like a five o'clock shadow but it's just like yeah it's like before lunch <laughs> yeah it's like have you seen that that scene the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus with uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, where like he just like looks down, looks up, and his beard is back. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> but yeah, this chase, chase scene, back to the tank is going on. Enough about beards and running. <laughs> so this was actually filmed. So you know how like it's like going through like the city and stuff like that, like London, whatever. Yep. Well, no, this was this was Brooklyn. They had one. It's still in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it was filmed in Manchester. Mm. They only had one block to film in so like they literally would do like a take and then like him like jumping on the car or something and then like they would have to like redress all the shops to make it look like it was a different Jeez. place and then go back to the end of the street like end oh of the my block, gosh. and then do another block and then they did that like a lot and like that that's crazy like i i honestly didn't notice it was the same block but also like i'm not really looking at like the background <laughs> and also a lot of the buildings are like designed relatively to have the same architecture so if you are just using yeah. the same street literally i mean it also just works yeah definitely yeah if you think about just like city blocks especially in that time period it's just like ta- rows of townhouses and shops yeah but i guess this is pre like unlimited disney budget right for these movies yeah this is the paramount one so it makes sense it's kind of nice like you kind of like go back to the roots when you watch these old movies 
right. find out things about this. It's not just like there's definitely a quality change. We can throw as much money as we want. Yeah, yeah. This budget was uh, this budget was 150 million, I think, which is like obviously a lot of money, but like compared to the Marvel movies now, like it's it's not that much. Like I think. And M Game Infinity War was a lot more. <laughs> Actually, I was reading up on the the actors' salaries and stuff, and I think Chris Evans for this got a million dollars, like for for this film, Captain America One. And now, ever since I think like Civil War, he gets like fifteen million dollars per Marvel movie that he does. Dear Lord, dang, it's a lot of money. And like Chris Hemsworth for Thor, he got only a hundred. I mean, not, I don't say only, but like for the main actor of a film, like this is a little for a high budget movie, but it, he only got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for playing Thor for the first time what yeah Jeez. that's great and now now he gets 15 million as well for every marvel movie he does there we go yeah talk about a glow up man for but for salary <laughs> all right so yeah that chase sequence so yeah it happens in manchester like a lot of the that one block and then they also like cut back at one point to like when they're along the river that's in like the, that's on the universal lot in um la oh. so like in california and like it's just like a seamless cut in my opinion like i did not notice that was a different place yeah it's pretty good yeah seriously i was actually on that lot when i was in california last semester i contacted a alumni from my school and he like works for universal and he let me like tour the lot but like not like the one you like pay for but like he literally like took me and like showed me the studios and like let me get lunch at like the universal cafeteria and i saw where the voice was filmed it, it was really cool like that lot <laughs> that's so awesome yeah. and like i saw like the actual tour that like had to be like stay on the bus like drive by and i was like <laughs> <laughs> losers <laughs> i actually saw a, a guy from marvel that i met up with like i had lunch with him the day before and then i ran him to him at the universal lot which was kind of weird <laughs> that's awesome don't mean to brag <laughs> yeah, no big deal no big deal no guy from marvel <laughs> it was cool yeah okay so mr guy jake knows from marvel get these super cuts in for us please. yeah please <laughs> <laughs> help us through the copyright red tape we gotta get through yeah uh but yeah so cap gets on the car and then is flung off and like the car like crashes and somehow cap is okay like gently like rolls to safety superhero roll yeah he picks up the taxi door and that's another like shield foreshadowing like we talked about earlier yeah so that was kind of cool and then the guy snaps n- snaps i was trying to say snags and nabs and i said snaps <laughs> <laughs> he snaps a kid uh a hostage and, and seems like no wait i also like how in this shot like he like he's hiding behind cover of course at first but then as soon as he sees that the kid's like in danger he makes himself like an obvious target yeah and then yeah, luckily there's no bullets. I love left. the kid. It's okay. I can swim. <laughs> really the most useful hostage ever. Yeah, seriously. So then the guy jumps into the sub and one of the, I, I don't know which shot, but one of the shots is a completely CG sub and then they go underwater. They had to do the shot of him taking the guy out of the like cockpit and then pushing him up. They did that in only three takes because the actor, like not Chris Evans, the other actor, like the Hydra guy, he was afraid of the water. Like he has like aquaphobia or whatever. Oh, really? Maybe he shouldn't have gotten that role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so we need you to be inside a submarine, and then you're gonna get pulled out of it. Wait, what? <laughs> I think the director like liked that actor or something. Yeah, but I'm claustrophobic and afraid of the water. Yeah, <laughs> I like how he like throws him out of the water, like onto yeah, the yeah, like up onto the ledge. Yeah, yeah. The vial breaks. Unluckily, the guy bites out his tooth and kills himself. Commits seppuku, and then yeah, Steve like kind of admires his muscles, and that's all we see. <laughs> then we go back to Germany. Yeah, right. Wait. 
Ja. 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 He's good. The Red Skull is getting chewed out by the actual the Nazis, yeah. the three Nazis, for not delivering the weapons that they promised. I love when he like counts the people like right before he, he shoots them. <laughs> like he's warming up the gun and he's like one, two, three, and then he like shoots them all. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. But yeah, the editor actually commented that he liked that too. Is he just like program programming the weapon? Yeah. On like how many targets? That's funny. Yeah. Also, before they get to like the main room with the gun, when they're walking around the base, like the Hydra base, like in the halls, they only had one hallway with one corner for the set. So they literally just like filmed them walking around the same corner a bunch of times, but it looks like they're just like navigating through like <laughs> like a, a maze. <laughs> now, also imagine if the like the laser gun didn't work. You know? Yeah, that would have sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's like sputtered it's like, out. Berlin is on this map, and so it is. Why? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be. A that's for your crimes. Uh, uh, sorry, you're not you're not supposed to be here anymore. Give me one second. I mean, I feel like I mean, as we know, I've, Red Skull's like super buff. And yeah, like true. You could have just strong and has the super soul. So I feel like you could have just like manhandled that. <laughs> true. Yeah, and then so Log gives this look of like, what have I gotten myself into? And he just like oh, Hail Hydra. <laughs> Is the double the double arm Hail Hydra distracting to anybody else? Like it just seems a little bit. <laughs> it's like a little like laughable to me. I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm glad they stepped away from that in like Cap Two and they just went to the whisper like the hail hydra <laughs> well I, that's that's probably because you also can't just like openly yeah yeah true anymore, which is probably a good thing in the present but, day. but just like the double arm thing is just like i think they wanted to not do the nazi salute probably let's double so it like what's similar oh it makes sense <laughs> let's do double <laughs> it's double twice the pride double the fall <laughs> yeah but no i agree they definitely probably didn't want to do the nazi thing straight up so they're like yeah let's just uh change it up a bit so I think, yeah, it is obviously much, but no, it's 1940. Because like, imagine if you're holding something, right? Like, ah, just drop it. I gotta. You're just like a like a normal Hydra guy, and you're just on your lunch break, and like Red Skull walks in and hits you with a Heil Hydra, and you're just holding like, like your lunch. You're holding your newborn child, like a glass of yeah. iced tea and a sandwich, and you just have to like. You're holding your new whatever we want mug, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> you're brand new. Congratulations to George Courtney and Logan Baker. You're holding your whatever you want mug, and. <laughs> You just like have to double high and you just like pour this hot coffee all over yourself and like launch your sandwich in the next Tuesday. And you're just like, God damn it. What if you don't have arms? Well, I doubt they're going to take you yeah, knowing of what I know of the Nazis. Yeah, that's true. The actors for Hydra actually like they, they wanted them to be intimidating. So they had to be like six foot something <laughs> and like a certain weight. <laughs> I thought you were about to say they had to have arms. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was also a criteria. I don't think they overtly said that. I don't know though. if it was explicit stated though yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i guess that makes sense have them be big boys arms yeah arms <laughs> but yeah that's a little quick little hydra scene i also like they the director intentionally said that the entire film is told from cap's perspective except for the like hydra red skull stuff that's told from his perspective because i needed to to set him up like there was actually one scene that showed a deleted scene that was bucky and the howling commandos before they were the howling commandos at war and it was gonna supposed to parallel between like when steve is like the showgirl kind of thing and then like shows Bucky like actually in war but they cut it because it felt weird because it's like the only scene not from Steve's perspective. Yeah, yeah it doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. I feel like that was a good call. It's funny seeing all the like the lead scenes they didn't have the finished visual effects so it's like a PS2 like Hydra tank <laughs> coming up and Bucky's like oh no! <laughs> <laughs> 
But yes, we get back to Brooklyn to the U.S. Stark is dissecting the sub. The, the actor for that played Stark was actually British. I thought he did a really good American accent. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm always surprised at actors' American accents. Is an American accent just like that easy to do? I don't know. Like, are we just that basic? <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> people do them really well. If anyone's from a different country, let us know. <laughs> yeah, to all of the whatever we want listeners abroad. Yeah, we have one. I think the statistics said we had one from like Guatemala. So like... I don't know. If you can do an American accent, let me know. <laughs> yeah, leave a review on Apple Podcasts telling us how easy yeah. it is to do. <laughs> or how hard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this place that they're dissecting the sub, it's the same set, like the same room as the map room that we later see when like they're laying like out all the Hydra bases on the map. Yep. Good set dressing again. Yeah, and then so this is where Steve gets recruited to sell those bonds, becomes the theater kid. Is this, is this also the scene or did that happen at the end of like the chase scene where they he's sitting with Peggy and they extract his blood. Yeah, yeah. I think that's for like yeah. future testing. Or maybe that's not here. I don't know. No, that was before. Those. Yeah, I just like thought that was interesting because like obviously like this was the beginning of like the weapon program that goes on to like make Deadpool and Wolverine. Yeah. So and the Hulk and yeah, well Hulk kind of right. Yeah. Well, they were they were kind of trying to mimic the Super Soldier Serum. They say like General Ross says Banner was just like an accident. Like he got in a gamma explosion, so like it kind of didn't yeah. go well. <laughs> yeah. But so I like to imagine that. Like those serums, like one of them becomes Deadpool and like one of them becomes yeah. Wolverine, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like the Weapon X program and everything. Especially because we're like at the time of recording this and coming out, we're like kind of waiting to see how the X Men are gonna fold into the MCU. Right. Yeah. True. And Fantastic Four and everything. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and we know that they might recycle Deadpool. Like Deadpool might stay intact, right? The way he is, but we're not exactly sure how. There's like rumors. We're not exactly sure how all of this fits in, and I think that this could be like a great way yeah like a tie back continuity wise yeah to just be like oh like here are this was always planned <laughs> i feel like the best way for them to do that would be through multiverse of madness when they actually start getting like multiverse stuff because then you, you could say like ah. deadpool and like other characters yeah it could be from like a parallel yeah universe something like that so then you're like there's like some kind of merger or something mom. like mom multiverse of magic <laughs> Madness, can you please refer to his mom? <laughs> yeah, so mom comes in and she just tells everybody what's up, you know? Hey, you you yeah. guys get, get along together, you know? Yeah, remember we got mom in, in Thor. Thor yeah. 4. <laughs> yeah, mom is definitely going to serve a lot of exposition, but I think that just like whenever they are working on this weapon program, making Deadpool and Wolverine, however they decide to like portray that in the MCU, like they can use these like the same props or like this yeah. serum and like refer to back. Yeah, definitely. Like refer back to this scene, which would be really cool. Yeah, I agree. That would be very cool. So, long story short, Caps becomes a showgirl. I really like. They said this was a way that they were able to incorporate like an actual, like completely like comic accurate suit into the film, mm. and just show how ridiculous it is, and like why they're not gonna go with that later in the film. <laughs> and it also like gives a reason why he like in the later film like has like an army uniform that's like red, white, and blue, and like all like done up and stuff because it's referenced and like emotional attachment to like how he started in this like yeah. theater thing. The director of photography also agreed with that statement <laughs> it also provides like an explanation for there to be like literal comic books in this movie yeah. of captain america because it's like war propaganda which like totally makes sense yeah and it just kind of is like oh like these comics were written to sell bonds yeah sell bonds and drum up support for the war which is just i think it's a really really neat way to like fold the actual like literal like there's a literal comic book like not it like in the scenes so meta building up yeah that, that was actually like the comic book that the kids have it's like actually like one i think the first captain america like actual comic book except they took bucky off of the cover because bucky wasn't a thing in in the 
like MCU version yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So th- there's this whole montage of him like knocking out Hitler a bunch of times in the theater. That was the same theater. Like they had one set, so they just like had to change how they hung like the the drapes and stuff to <laughs> try to make it look a little different. Yeah, it makes sense. There was also a shot in this of him like walking along with like a group of like random soldiers yeah and like a film reel which is then like mirrored later in the exact same way that he like walks with the uh, howling commando yeah that was really cool that is cool he has his own like film that gets made and stuff so that shows like a lot of time has passed that he's been doing this then i think it's cool because he starts off as like he's playing a character yeah and then he becomes like throughout the rest person. of the movie he like actually becomes this character yeah that he portrayed for so this long icon this legend yeah that's that's very cool very cool like arc it's kind of like the reverse of most like legends where it's like there's a little bit of truth and then it kind of gets blown up into it where it's like yeah this one started as like completely fake and then he just kind of like like grew into the shaped it into something real Roll like yeah yeah i also like it has the original like shield the kind of like triangular-esque mm-hmm. not round shield which actually that was how it started in the comics and i think they said that like some other character or some other copyright thing had just come out that like had a similar shield in the comics they eventually changed it to like the circle shield they realized like stan lee was actually the guy that came in i think and potentially changed it and then he was the one that actually started writing captain america using the shield like as a weapon Hmm. um so that's kind of how that came about and i also like how we see that kind of transition in the movie as well i didn't know that i didn't know that was pretty cool yeah old stan old stanley (laughs) also for the dancers they like only had i think like 20 dancers so like there's like one final shot before he's talking to the 50 the 107th not 501st that's star wars um there's like 60 dancers on stage mm-hmm. and those like they only had 20 dancers so they literally like the director said like if you like pause and look each dancer has like a triplet so i was like they oompa loompa the the dancers that's, that's amazing <laughs> just copied it i mean i didn't notice that was yeah no i didn't even notice pretty either. cool it makes sense you know save money yeah. save time also i guess it live better time it right Walmart. <laughs> but no, because then you got already all your feet in sync, you know? So it also kind of makes that easier as well. <laughs> yeah, what if one person was off and then you just notice that like every third one is off or something? <laughs> but yeah, so then I really like the cut, like the hard cut from him dancing, like holding the motorcycle, this final big shot, and then to him speaking at the 107th. Like we were talking, the color was very muted up until this. And in the theater scene, the colors are very vibrant again. And then it drops back down and is very like muted again. And you can you can sense the tone shift when he's speaking to the, to the 107th and they were not really yeah. receptive obviously you see it like instantly literally just with the what you're saying with like the color change and not only that but also just yeah. also like how his uniform is sitting on him because it's like his cap i guess that's what he's <laughs> <laughs> also like all like kind of like off and on the side and stuff like that and he's like who's ready to volunteer i need a volunteer or something well there's volunteer but he said something about like hitler in the jaw or something like that and, and then like nobody was like like uh, sock old eight off in the jaw yeah, yeah. Um, also, this location that he's speaking to the 107th, that's the same place as the opening to Gladiator that was filmed, the same location. Oh, whoa. That's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, vote, I mean, all right. So I love learning these little tidbits and I'm hoping people listening are enjoying this, but like, this is like really always been kind of like a, like a dream of mine is to go through all these Marvel things and like learn all these little facts by like watching the director's commentary and stuff. And like this podcast, like forces, like gives me an excuse to do it pretty much. <laughs> so yeah. thank you for listening. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. <laughs> love that movie. Yeah. Um, back to the tank. So Steve, you know, he abides by the 107th and he gets the showgirls come back out and then he's on the side. Peggy finds him. Drawing himself as a monkey doing little tricks. Yeah, which 
isn't that drawing in a later film? Yeah, it is. He he actually saves that. Yeah, he put. I think he put it in his. It's like on his desk. It's like in his Avengers room or something yeah. like that in Civil War or something like that. But yeah, Piggy finds him and talks some sense into him. Yeah, she's like, "You're meant for more." But she brings out the best of him because they're the best <laughs> Romeo Juliet relationship ever. <laughs> um, but they see that there's some soldiers that were messed up and they're like being hauled back in, uh, to, like the infirmary and all that. And that's when yeah. she tells him he finds out it's a 107th, yeah. which is where he realizes Bucky's here. Also, the scene it was raining and they actually they wanted it to rain during this scene and it was like the only day during production that like it actually rained like in real life so it was like perfect timing <laughs> yeah. just lucked out i guess pretty neat i mean if not i'm assuming they would have had it set like some kind of rig with like some kind of like yeah. hose and sprinkler <laughs> yeah so uh colonel phillips says that barnes is a prisoner of war and there's not going to be a rescue mission so cap decides to go after him and actually the director's son was in the background he said of that shot he's one of the army soldiers walking around hmm. if i ever make a movie i want all my friends and family to be extras in it <laughs> <laughs> but this is also when he makes a line. If you have something to say, it's perfect time to keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great, yeah, great line. Yeah, and so Peggy and Stark end up helping. Stark is the pilot. I, I like the whole fondue thing. So do you two uh, fondue? fondue? <laughs> they start getting shot at, and Cap jumps out of the plane. The hell, I can't. I'm a captain with a parachute this time. Yeah, with a parachute. <laughs> well, he's kind of landing on land. Yeah, not water this time. I, mean, I feel like from the height, from like when he does it in the second movie, it still wouldn't matter. It should have been concrete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. So he lands behind enemy lines and he starts going in towards this hydro base. Yeah. So the prisoners in this hydro base are like making, they're helping build weapons and machinery and stuff and then they go into these like circular cells and th- so this was actually like a like chemical factory where they filmed. Giant chemical vaults were those like giant like circular tubes and they took those out and put in like a fake jail cell so that's why it's like circular. Huh. That's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I always like the aesthetic of it because usually you think it like, oh, it's like jail square <laughs> but then this is like, I mean, <laughs> no, it was like more dynamic. You're such a square. You're in jail, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it, it was more dynamic, not only because it was the circular shape, but also due to the two levels of it, which you get later when like Cap beats up the one guy above them and they're like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. So Cap sneaks into the base and he gets like into that car. People always ask like, why did only one guy check his car that he was in? And I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> <laughs> have a reason for that. Because <laughs> there's like five guys at the next car down. <laughs> Maybe like they had some heavy stuff in that one shipment. They didn't have anything heavy in the other shipment. <laughs> you never know, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're Hydra, you know? If, if they need more help, they'll just get more heads to take his place. So that's all you gotta do. Yeah. So like we said, Cap knocks out that guy and he lets the prisoners out. The, the alarm's going off. Like once someone notices, like the alarm starts blasting. And then you could hear, like, during one of the panning establishing shots to, like, into the next scene, there's one guy that says, on your left! And I was like, oh, it's foreshadowing for the line! Maybe. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) For, like, Cap 2 and with Sam and everything. Probably not. It's the same thing with the older Peggy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Someone (laughs) had to go back and say that. One thing that I noticed in this scene, and I actually ended up, like, pausing the movie at this point to, like, double-check to make sure J.J. Abrams was not the director. Oh, the lens flares? I know. Yes, the lens flares on the Tesseract. Oh my, anything? No, yeah, it is, they intentionally did that. It's out of control, but it's out of control. Yeah. it's It was so distracting. They actually said, like, they were thinking of J.J. Abrams when they did this. For everything that the Tesseract, like, was a part of, like, the energy, like, they wanted to have a lens flare so that, like, you knew it was, like, the Tesseract. I was like, I feel like the blue is doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, te- the, the lens flare 
characters were out of control and so unnecessary. Uh, yeah, it's nothing compared to like anything JJ does though. So <laughs> no, not even close. Like any yeah. like the new Star Trek trilogy. Yeah, but like I understand maybe you want like a lens flare on like one of the bigger ones, like w- the actual Tesseract or like when it's powering like the plane. Like you can put a lens flare on that. But like yeah. every little gun and every little like laser that comes out of the gun yeah. does not need its own freaking lens flare. Oh my the, god, like palm sized thing. Imagine <laughs> the effects guy has to go in uh. and put all those in. He's like another one, another one. And then the director's like, yes, more, more. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> he's like, I could do this all day. <laughs> but yeah, so Cap sends the prisoners out to like escape, and then he goes to find Bucky, um, who has been experimented on by Zolog. Zolog. Yeah. Did you just call him Zolog? Zolog. What? Whatever. <laughs> Zolog. Actually, when he's leaving, he picks up a bunch of papers, and if you like, apparently, if you pause, I didn't actually see. The director said that one of the things that he picks up is a picture of him, like a drawing of him as like comic accurate, like TV head thing hmm. so that's a cool nod i guess and cap sees the map of the hydra bases and has like photographic memory i guess his memory's four times better now yeah exactly so it's, it's as if he like looked at it four times as long i guess <laughs> <laughs> everything's just four yeah sebastian stan i feel like he looks like he put on a lot of muscle between this and, and cap too and also hair a lot of hair in between oh, yeah. definitely hair but i guess it makes sense if you turn into like a, a murderer assassin for like decades also they were planning on having bucky survive the fall like obviously it was part of the comics but like literally during this scene the directors when they were talking they were like yeah whatever Zolok did like it allowed Bucky to survive that fall and I was like wow they spoiled that like back in Cap 1 I guess <laughs> wow seriously yeah. Yeah. yeah we get to the Hydra tank that we start seeing the Howling Commandos kind of like working together it's cool little moments I love the guy with the, the bowler cap like the cap and the like the, the mustache the mustache <laughs> he's a cool guy <laughs> his name is Dum Dum actually that's amazing like, that's his name <laughs> and uh <laughs> he looks exactly like the actor looks exactly like the, the comic yeah I mean he's it's there. You can see it. Do some mustache. He said he was filming an interview for the like D- the DVD release that I was watching, and he like shaved his mustache off like two days before like filming his interview, and he said he felt naked without <laughs> been a part of him. <laughs> but yeah, so we finally see our as Bucky and Cap are escaping, and then Zolog and Red Skull are escaping. The protagonist and antagonist meet for the first time on that bridge. Well, also Red Skull was able to see that Cap was invading the base. Yeah, it was enhanced. He's like, I'm gonna blow up the base. <laughs> yeah, it's time to blow everything up. Because, you know, that's what you do. Yeah. And then, yeah, they get up to, like, the rafters, and then they see each other. And, like, hello, Captain, yada, 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 I'm Red Skull. Is that your German accent? I'm not going to do another accent. You saw what happened yeah. in the air video. Yeah. And then, yeah, he does <laughs> the classic, like, villain monologuing. Because, like, yeah. you have to have a monologue. You copy monologue. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is where he does the face reveal. Which, I gotta say, out of, like, YouTube face reveals. Those effects are good. This is, like, top ten, honestly. Well, actually, so, first he, like, Cap punches him. You can see the red, yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. like they're going to fight, but then Zola like separates the bridge and actually there's a deleted little take where like red skull is like mad that zolog like brought them apart but they cut it <laughs> but red skull yeah he takes off his face so the way they did that they started his face is cg in the beginning when he starts pulling it off in the very beginning then they cut away and then as they cut back it's like halfway off and that's actually like a prosthetic like fake hugo weaving head and then he throws it into the fire which is also really cool symbolism like him throwing his like literally his old past self like identity like into the fire he's like reborn born as red, red skull. skull like permanently that's his only identity now maybe he just got so tired of it like maybe he was like super itchy he's like you know what it's just time to go <laughs> it's not symbolism it's just itchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah that was a cool effect with the mask yeah so so they escape red skull goes to the roof and so you know that thing that red yeah. skull gets in like the plane thing yeah, yeah. 
Wasn't it like an actual design yeah. off of like one of like Hitler's things? It was actually like German engineers in World War II like actually designed that, but not a single one was ever built. That's crazy. And so they just like took reference for that. That's so cool though. Yeah. yeah. One other thing that I took note of in this like prison break scene is yeah. when uh, some of the prisoners, and I think they end up becoming Howland commandos that like jump into the hydro tank yeah. and they're like leaving. One, first of all, that's awesome. But they asked this one guy about like if he speaks any German and he says that he took three semesters of German um, when he was at Howard, which I thought was really cool because usually when they try and portray people as like super smart, they say like they're from like the Ivy League, like they went to like Princeton or Yale or Harvard or something. But Howard is actually an HBCU, a historically black college in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. So I thought that was just a really great call out to have like a black character be like, hey, like, yeah, I'm really smart and I got really smart at like an HBCU. And I thought that was like kind of relevant for the times that we're living in right now, but this is yeah, yeah definitely like made in 2010, released in 2011. Yeah, and it's something that, like you can kind of gloss over and miss pretty easily. Yeah, but I thought it was a really great call out. So that's really awesome. Shout out to Marvel for putting that in there and not just doing like a dumb Ivy League trope, like Harvard. Yeah, that's really cool. I did not know that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so Red Skull escapes on that plane. Zola goes to the car, which was actually like a 25-foot car that they built. It was huge. Jeez. Yeah, and uh, he drives away in that. Bucky takes his freaking sweet time crossing that beam, um, <laughs> and then Cap has to do the world's longest long jump. Yeah, why did Captain America never participate in the Olympics? Yeah, seriously. It's pr- <laughs> probably the whole Spider-Man thing. Like, he didn't play it before. He can't play it now. Like, uh, just because I'm different now. But, but, no, like, <laughs> like Dash and the Incredibles. Yeah. Go for second place. <laughs> I guess that also that super soldier serum is totally just a PED, a performance-enhancing drug. Yeah, just permanent. Yeah. And Does it show up in your urine? Like, would that show up on a, a drug screening? Um, maybe. Like, what is this blue liquid in you? <laughs> <laughs> is your piss just blue now? Yeah. <laughs> that's the secret. They kept taking his blood to replicate the serum, but they should have been taking his urine. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Have you seen the, the new Paul Rudd thing, like, living with yourself? No. Okay. Oh, it's Paul Rudd, like, playing himself twice, and, like, he gets cloned, and once he gets cloned, like, after the first procedure, like, he pees, and he's like, the people say, like, don't look the next time you use the bathroom and like he uses it and like his piss is like rainbow so that's what i'm just thinking is captain america <laughs> <laughs> his urine would probably have a lens flare though too you're right it's <laughs> the tesseract <laughs> it's just like glowing. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, let's move on from this. <laughs> Back to the tank. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like we said, Cap does that long jump, and then it cuts to Phillips, who's writing, like, a message. Um, the typewriter guy, actually, apparently, Colonel Phillips was getting upset with the typewriter because he kept messing up and, like, jamming the typewriter. <laughs> so he was kind of annoyed. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Captain America just, like, walk back. He's like, that's right, I'm alive. I got everyone out. No rescue mission my rear end, huh? <laughs> he's like, I'm going to offer myself for a disciplinary action, and then, you know, because he's going to try to be the good, good boy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, not necessary. You got your dude. The editor actually said that this scene was a lot longer and there was a lot more dialogue, but they cut a lot of it because they just, the action spoke for itself, which I think is a big thing in filmmaking that it's like the golden rule people say is show, don't tell. If you can show the action happening on screen, that's a very good example of that. There's a lot of films that like over expositionize, I guess, if that's a thing, <laughs> like their films. And, and this scene is an example of just cut it if you don't need it. Yeah. You don't want your viewer to just be like drowning in dialogue yeah. that they don't really have time to digest any anything that's like actually happening on the screen yeah Yeah. and a lot of beginning writers when they're script writing and stuff it's tough to move away from dialogue because you're like oh i have great dialogue i want to get out but like you need to know like when to cut it and sometimes when you've worked so hard like perfect something it's it's tough to cut so like 
just kind of getting out of your own way. Yeah, I think this might be a good place to note, too, that I wrote down, and this could be a hot take, but one thing that I think across the whole MCU, and it, it, it showed up to me in this movie, too, is, like, I'm a big sucker and, like, kind of a nerd for, like, film scores. Yeah. And to be honest, aside from, like, the main theme, like, the Captain America main theme is good, and the Avengers main theme is, like, pretty iconic. Outside of those two things, like, the score in the MCU, and this movie especially, it's just, like, it really leaves something to be desired. And I was kind of upset by that, because, obviously, like, I think that music makes, like, a huge impact on a movie, and they have, like, a decent score writer, and he does, like, there's, like, some continuity through a lot of their movies. He's worked on some other big projects, like, I think he did Force Gump, which has a great score, and Back to the Future, which has some iconic themes in it, but I just felt like this wasn't his best work, which is kind of sad, whereas, like, some later MCU films where they actually end up using different score writers. Black Panther uses one of my favorite composers right now. His name is Ludwig yeah. Grossman, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> He's really, really good. He he does a great blend of like modern stuff with like film scores. He did the the new Creed movies as well. Yeah. And then obviously like an absolute classic of like Hans Zimmer does great work too. But I just feel like I don't I, I don't want to say that they like cut corners or like budget saved with their scores, but I do feel like in a universe that this is this big, they could have done a lot better and a lot more with the score. That's interesting you bring up. So what if the Avengers theme came out? Like obviously like ba 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 ba. It wasn't that iconic for me when it first came out, but because like over the past like ten years, like it has been drilled like every so often and like with all the marketing and then like there's been like four movies with it. Like now I know it's like this iconic thing, but like up, up until like Infinity War came came out like I don't think I really was like if you told me like sing the Avengers theme like I don't think I could I think because it's been played so much now it's like iconic to me but like I don't know I have been listening actually to the scores a lot when I'm going back and doing this and I like a lot of the things that they were doing like with Thor I think I commented on it too like kind of the whole magical thing it's different but I agree like definitely like there are better scores out there like I think they could have done something different but like I'm ultimately like happy with the product I guess yeah I I don't think it's I don't think it's so lax that it's like distracting right like there are movies where I'm like what like it's like it takes me out of it it doesn't do that for me here but I just feel like there's so many areas where they could have used the music to portray like some deeper emotion that they just kind of missed out on Uh and just kind of like cop back and like fall back to like the main theme like the main Captain America theme yeah the main Captain America theme was used a lot (laughs) it's just like I don't know I just feel like you can portray so much deeper emotion other than just like yeah yeah anything you want to say about that no I pretty much agree with what you guys are saying i mean like there's room for improvement but also there's points where what you were saying jake where sometimes it takes time for things to become iconic where it's like you don't realize it until it becomes a bigger thing for avengers yeah yeah but definitely there could have been like what zach was saying where there could be more emotional connection yeah so it all just depends on how you use it you know yeah, yeah for sure anybody that's a big movie score buff like me i'll do a, a quick plug for Hans zimmer literally goes on tour with his film scores and like performs them live that's sick so i actually got an opportunity that's... to see it in Philadelphia when it came uh, it was amazing so he's done movies like the Dark Knight trilogy Inception Interstellar oh Inception uh, Gladiator that we talked about earlier Jeez. and so he tours live with those and it was one of the best experiences of my whole life to see live but if you don't get the opportunity to see it live it is also on Netflix it's called Hans Zimmer Live in Prague really? they have a recording of it and it's absolutely stellar I would recommend it all those movies I listed plus more like Pirates of the Caribbean
Kirby and The Lion King, all done by Hans Zimmer and performed live with him in person is just stunning. He's on tier with John Williams, in my opinion. <laughs> I would agree with that. That's really cool. Zach, do you want to hit with the Back to the Tank so you can get your bingo board? Back to the Tank. Bam. <laughs> so, the Senator, he's trying to give Cap the medal. We get the Stan Lee cameo. <laughs> Stan Lee wanted his uh, line to be longer. <laughs> like, what else would you put in there? <laughs> oh, and also the guy next to Stan Lee, he was the actor that played Captain America in the 1979 film and the sequel to that film. Oh, really? Yeah. Amazing. Huh, yeah. That's awesome. And then we cut to the underground, to the map that I was talking about earlier. And in the establishing shot. Map, 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 yeah. <laughs> when they're in London now, the director's daughter was in that scene too. She had like a red hat on or something. He pointed her out. Oh, also, speaking of the black character you're talking about, I think his name is Gabe, who like went to the school and spoke German and stuff. He in the comics was originally so stan lee wanted him to be black when he was creating the characters and stuff apparently so he wrote the comic and sent it off to the illustrator and the illustrator thought it was a mistake so he filled the character in as like a white guy and when stan lee got it back he was like no i i want this character like this character is black so they got it fixed like so stan lee specifically made this character black so that was an interesting fact Hmm. so we get to the bar scene where he's forming his team of howling commandos and so the bartender actually is the skinny steve uh like double that they use for a few shots oh really yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you see captain america twice in that shot (laughs) hello cap how are you doing cap or is that time travel yeah oh shoot oh geez (laughs) does he go back in time and give skinny steve the time travel equipment so that he can go forward in time Ah. and watch him watch his future self become (laughs) captain america so that he can go back in time and show the correct qualities to become captain america oh my gosh (laughs) i was going to say that he needs to get him set up that way he's able to give himself a drink that way he's then able to recruit the Howling Commandos because they won't do it if he doesn't get that next round you know the next round is the sole reason (laughs) there's just one timeline where Cap's still waiting for the bartender he just never shows up (laughs) Germany wins the war because Captain America didn't get the second round (laughs) (laughs) yeah the Howling Commandos just refused to work with him he never got us a second round (laughs) literally no way dude (laughs) Uh, but I like how Bucky says here that like he's not following Captain America into battle he's following his friend from Brooklyn, the kid who never stood down from a fight. I like that. Awesome. It's good. It's a good line. But also, I feel like Bucky, you gotta think, he's an interesting character to play because like he's used to being like, and this is exemplified in the next part where Peggy comes in, he's used to being like the whole like ladies man thing and like women fall at his feet kind of thing and then he's got his like dorky little friend Steve and now Steve is like the main event, I guess, and he's kind of now becoming this wingman like unintentionally and like obviously that's probably gotta be tough but he's also gotta, he wants to support his friend and he does obviously. Another thing, in Civil War, there's like a little exchange when the Quinjet that I think is a little kind of nod to this. Winter Soldier and, and Captain America are talking and Bucky's like, remember when we went to that fair? Who was that girl? And then Steve is like, her name was like Dolores or something. And I, that's like a quick little line, but my dad pointed out, that just shows again that like Steve is still like, he's the kid that wasn't big and muscly. So like he took the time to like remember a girl's name and he like respected women and stuff. Not that Bucky doesn't respect women or anything, but like Bucky was kind of like, he had women all over like falling for him. So like he didn't bother to like, remember her name kind of thing so i thought that was a cool little potential connection yeah there's a little psychoanalysis in that i like that yeah that was a long spiel sorry about that (laughs) which then leads into peggy being in her red dress coming in to talk to steve and tell him that he's got some equipment rating from Stark. yes and that's when 
Bucky's all like, I'm invisible. We should go dancing. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, the right partner. This is a callback to her thing with Steve earlier. I like Haley Atwell. I think she does a really good job. I think there's like a Agent Carter TV show, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, there was. It was like one season, I think. And then... I didn't watch that. I hope maybe we should watch that maybe. <laughs> right now with the final season of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. They bring, they literally just brought back some characters. Don't spoil it. I'm not spoiling it. This is actually spoilers. <laughs> this is not nine years old. No, like this is, that's all I'm going to say. Like, yeah. They just brought back some characters from that. But yeah. That's it. Like you said, Howard Stark is messing around with the Hydra tech. And it actually really reminds me like when he has those, like the two claws coming in. It reminds me of the, and like looking through the glass of the scene with Tony Stark is putting- the, Like building the gauntlet? Yeah, putting the stones- Or putting the stones in? In Endgame. Except this time it explodes in uh, his face. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate the secretary that gets in between my Peggy and my cap. Duh, why? Jake, I, I feel like you're like, like, like you could be emotionally attached, but I feel like you're like really emotionally attached to like this- Boo ship. to the secretary. Boo. So that that secretary like really took me out of it for a second because this is the Game of Thrones cameo I was talking uh, about that neither of you will understand apparently. Uh, <laughs> that is is Natalie Dormer who plays uh, Marjorie Tyrell on Game of Thrones who's like a super super main character oh. that was like whoops very prevalent and she's she's in like a lot of the show and this is like before she kind of like got her big break yeah and so like she comes up on screen I'm like oh my gosh like that's. <laughs> <laughs> freaking Natalie Dormer and I was like just totally taken aback by that so anybody that's listening to this that watches Game of Thrones big Game of Thrones cameo there and apparently uh, they haven't seen it so my aunt will really appreciate that <laughs> that's cool well boo to her <laughs> Jake's like that's great get her out of here <laughs> that's great she's garbage put it in trash also in that establishing shot apparently the British flag was hung upside down on accident and no one noticed Is, isn't it symmetrical that's what I thought but apparently not like the director said that that's why I guess no one noticed but like I don't know hmm. like no Americans noticed but like a British person might notice <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yeah I guess I just always assumed that was symmetrical that's weird yeah. and then we we get to Cap getting his new shield now I'm glad I didn't pick any of the, the really funky shields. <laughs> yeah. There were some cool designs, but it was like, obviously you had to go back with the classic one. So it also makes you think, like if you're going to use like a really expensive metal like vibranium, would you use it on one of the super fancy ones that literally has like a glass screen to look through and like a gun built into it? Or a frisbee? Hey, maybe <laughs> also while young skinny Steve was like time traveling, he also made sure the vibranium was used for that shield. That's a good point. Well, that's something I want a spinoff movie for. Like a real spinoff movie, not like, oh, yeah. we need a spinoff movie. Like, like, I actually want, like, an Indiana Jones-style spinoff movie of Howard Stark, like, obtaining this vibranium. That'd be cool. You can use, like, King T'Challa, Black Panther's dad. Yeah. Like, as, like, young, like a young version of him. Right. And kind of, yeah, that would be such a sweet movie. And, like, a young Michael Douglas or whatever for, from Ant-Man. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. I, I want to see, the spinoff people have said, and I kind of think would be cool, is the adventures of Cap returning all the stones after Endgame. Mm. Like, running into Red Skull on Vormir. <laughs> Like, I, I saw a thing where, you know how he goes, like, Natasha. Son of. Daughter of. Daughter of. Yeah. Son of. No, no, I was thinking of Steve, so I was like. Daughter of. I saw it was yeah. like, Steve, son of a gun, you're you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he gets his, his shield, Peggy shoots at him. And then we get the Howling Commandos, that little montage of taking down the Hydra bases, uh, fighting the war. And there are a lot of kind of funky VFX going on here. <laughs> yeah, there's some spots that you're like, oh. Like when he jumps off the 
the tank. That was a little... Yeah, that was a little much. Yeah. You could see where, like, it cuts. There's, like, a jump cut, like, from him jumping off the tank to then, like, running midair. <laughs> yeah, I think in these scenes, another thing that we talked about, like, you said earlier about how, like, the Tesseract kind of gets, like, a nerf in the later movies. Yeah. So do the shield sound effects. Yeah. Like, when the shield's bouncing off shit, and, like, when he tosses it, it's got amazing sound effects on it. I know. Yeah. And it just gets, like, a total nerf in the later movies, which I'm pissed about because they were so cool. They still come up, definitely. Like, it's still there, but, yeah, definitely, like, it's, like, quieter, you know, not as noticeable. I actually wanted to talk about the shield sound effects. Like, it's, again, a, a tribute to, like, the sound design. Like, there's no magic metal that, like, really sounds like that, like, magic shield that, like, you can have too much reference to, but, like, the kind of, like, ring they have to in the vibration, like, it really, like, it's iconic, and I think Captain America shield when I think of that, which is, like, crazy. It's like Thor's hammer, almost. Like, with the, the sound design. Not, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, not, like, with the magical powers and the enchantments and, like, you know, the flying and all that. I mean, like, it comes back to him. It's kind of, like, doesn't obey the laws of physics. That is true. Also, like, if it, it says, <laughs> people say, like, I, and I also don't really understand this, but, like, it, like, absorbs vibrations. So, wouldn't that mean, like, it wouldn't bounce? Bounce at all? Off of anything? Yeah. It would just, like, hit the wall and fall straight down. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> less visually exciting. And that also mean, like, it wouldn't make sound either. Because it would just absorb all the energy that would be turned into sound. I want to see that cut of the movie where he throws a shield and every time it just like falls to the oh. ground. <laughs> we should get... Did, you, did either of you guys take physics or AP physics when we were in high school? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Wagner. I think Mr. Wagner listens. Hello, Mr. Wagner. Oh, yeah, Mr. Wagner. We need a, like, in your physics class, like a, a in-depth breakdown yeah. <laughs> of Captain America's shield. And this is, for those of you who don't know, this is totally something that he would do. He loves doing this kind of thing. Yeah. He's like one of my favorite favorite teachers of all time me too because he like is so passionate about his teaching and loves to like talk about yeah. things like this and it would be great one of my favorite classes in high school loved him great teacher so yeah big shout yeah and let's dive into the physics maybe we can have him you guys should have him on an episode of the podcast for the physics yeah. of the mcu and you can touch on we always say we're not a physics podcast maybe one episode we will be and we just have mr wagner on and well, just explain everything we always we always say that and then we always go like on these tangents talk about the physics <laughs> like trying to explain the physics i think you guys should bring him on the podcast to talk about the physics yeah. of all of this stuff yeah like he totally would do it like our first like lab that we usually do is like you calculate a projectile like try to hit make it hit a stormtrooper head like yeah. that's like the first thing you do every <laughs> for the class you're just like launching this little ball out of a out of a cannon and you have to hit the stormtrooper on your first try to get yeah. an a and if it takes you like two you get a b three is a c yeah i love that project that was so fun yeah oh man that was great nate and i were partners for that. Oh, that's awesome. And Daniel, you were there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a good group. That was a good class. <laughs> All right, back to the tank. Physics are for another day. <laughs> we'll just assume that the shield is fine and can, it can bounce and make noise <laughs> and around. <laughs> There's actually like a lot of variations, like like I said for Thor's hammer, but for Cap's shield, like they have like the hero one that's like very heavy, like actually like metallic and like shines off. There's a rubber one that like he would like use to actually hit people with. Like throw people? Yeah. yeah, and then there was like a kind of a more lightweight like frisbee like one that he would use to throw. But often like he would would just be throwing nothing chris evans was like very instrumental they said in like figuring out how cap would throw his shield like how that would look and like if it didn't work because like he was literally throwing nothing like it wouldn't have worked like he props to him for like making that look good yeah. throwing nothing <laughs> i want captain america on our old high school uh, yeah cross-country team's ultimate frisbee team <laughs> i want him dude i haven't even be scared to throw anything <laughs> or to catch anything he's throwing at me yeah, it would just be like the ultimate like everyone just run all the way down the field and yeah captain america Throw it. <laughs> he throws it at like the enemy team that way like ricochets and bounces off of them <laughs> yeah and then then tyler would just jump up in his like 6'5 
six foot six, like lanky arms. Yeah. We just have Tyler and the high jumper. We just have him jump up there and grab everything. <laughs> yeah, dude. Tyler and Cap on a team would like Deadly. be unstoppable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that'd be really cool to play just this person with Chris Evans. <laughs> Anyways, back to the tank. So getting back to the whole montage, Peggy is in Cap's compass, which is sweet. Starts winning her back from the whole makeout thing with Game of Thrones lady. At this point, Red Skull is like getting upset. He's like, you are failing. You are failing. That's like my family's well, like one of our favorite parts of this movie. I thought you were going to say something your family says to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't be wrong there either. <laughs> but no, seriously. So it's... <laughs> It's like one of our favorite moments because it's like such a dramatic, overdone, like close up. And it's just like, you are failing. And then it's like, we fought to the last man. Evidently not. Just yeah. shoots the last guy. Just cause. Jeez. Yeah, that was a little little heavy handed for me there too. I was like, okay, like we get it. We get it. He's a bad guy. <laughs> so this actually is a good spot. They talked about the behind the scenes for, for Red Skull. So like, you got to think like he has like prosthetics on and it's really good like silicon uh, prosthetics. And it was like six pieces, I think. He had to wear like a bald cap and then like attach all the Red Skull stuff. But like, obviously he like, Hugh Weaving has a nose. So like they had to remove his nose from every shot, which is well done. Has like that nose cavity. And it took three and a half to like four hours every day that he needed to use that like mask to put it on so like that's crazy jeez it's a lot of time yeah that's a lot of time really makes you want to maximize your shots for that day then I yeah I don't, I don't know like what time they started because like because hugo we even see like a big actor like i know like if it was like a relatively unknown actor they'd probably have them like come on sit, set like super early so they could start shooting like really early but like for hugo weaving i don't know i don't know if he like wanted to sleep in or anything but here we get to the the train scene we've been talking for a long time about this yeah it's gonna be a long episode i'm sorry <laughs> wow yeah i just looked at the plot like time of day clock we've been on for a while yeah <laughs> two hours 21 minutes and 30 seconds it'll be cut down a bit but yeah yeah so the train scene dr zola's on the train the behind the scenes for them like ziplining down is pretty cool not really cool. it's like it's a giant green screen and then a green zip line and they're just going down <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> at this part like they get onto the train bucky and cap get separated and they have like a little skirmish little battle i like the the sound the sound of like the the hydro guy that cap is facing it sounds like iron man's arc reactor like charging up kind of thing before he shoots mm -hmm. and then eventually the big boy that <laughs> cap was fighting actually comes back and then he's like Wah! and like blows up half the train cart that's behind yeah. him. Yeah, and Bucky picks up the shield. Oh, yeah, it's true. Bucky picks up the shield. Foreshadowing, uh, just because in some iterations, he takes up the mantle of Captain America in the comics. Yeah. Bucky... He's on the edge. Doesn't die. He falls off, though. Yeah. Very sad. Cap's like, no, cry face. And then he's mad. Well, then, Dr. Zola is captured. Yep. Colonel Phillips gives him some dinner. Tommy Lee Jones. I think it's funny how he's like, I don't want to eat this, because he like, sees that there's like the stretcher bed, and he's like, oh, there's blood on the floor. They're going to kill me. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, he's offering me dinner. It's poisoned, obviously. And then he just starts eating it. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> I also, so the director commented in this scene that like, this is probably his favorite scene of the whole film. It's because like both those actors like know how to listen. Because like, obviously part of a conversation communication is talking and then also like being able to listen. And like, that's something that actors a lot of time forget. They just go like from line to line to line, like beginning actors. Mm -hmm. These actors both like knew how to like intently listen and like react off of each other. And it makes the scene more tense and just exciting. I guess to watch. I never really thought about that, but yeah, I guess that does make sense. Is that because it's like, like you said, if you're just reading off the lines, it can get pretty bland. But like here, there's actually a lot of like, like the way that Zola like reacts to Tommy when he's trying to like pick at him. You know, <laughs> he's like because he can. 
It's like, okay, we get it. He thinks he's a god. We know how you feel about it now as well. You know, it's very <laughs> subtle, but it also helps with that. Yeah. He says his target is everywhere. And then we cut to, what's his face? Red Skull. And he's does that whole speech. And then the, the Hail Hydra thing with the 70 people doing double fists in the air <laughs> that Zach likes a lot. The, the million cherries. <laughs> the million, million cherries. cherries. <laughs> Imagine if all of those Hydra agents were cherries instead. That's what we could have right now. Dang. Then we cut to Cap, like we said uh, earlier, like drinking, but he can't get drunk drunk peggy comes to console him console him yeah it's the same bar that the howling commandos originally were in like yeah were set up in yeah and like you said daniel cap is pissed and wants to avenge bucky oh man avengers foreshadowing <laughs> so then they start going to the hydra base like cap goes in his motorcycle and there's a wilhelm scream here i liked that a lot love <laughs> those I, i've rewinded and watched that like three times <laughs> and then turns into straight up like hagrid's motorbike from harry potter yeah when he hits that like turbo mega boost <laughs> yeah there's so many gadgets. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? And like, <laughs> <is> this bike? <laughs> how effective is shooting flames out of the back of something at accelerating you? I would feel like not. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Physics. Add that to the list for the physics podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of questions, Mr. Wagner. <laughs> but yeah, so he does like get into the base with this like inspector gadget motorcycle and he takes down like a buttload of guys and then eventually is captured which i think was like his plan so yeah it was fine and then he's talking to red skull kind of like their last like talk before their big fight later but again he says he's nothing special he's just a kid from brooklyn i also really like how um red skull and all the german people they say like schedule it's like schedule schedule i really like how they say that yeah stick to your schedule then the howling commandos come in and through the the window think okay like like they knew where that window was so why didn't they just go in there earlier yeah why did cap need to go in ahead of time yeah exactly hey it's like the, it's like the episode six luke skywalker's plan like it doesn't make sense it's just fun to watch <laughs> it's just for to, we got to move the plot along here. yeah so this is what we're gonna this is how we're gonna do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly they probably just wanted cap in red skull to like have a quick moment to talk again before <laughs> like that's probably the reason that that is there true so the commandos come into the window red skull starts to get away shoots his own guy yeah I like the disintegration effect also from the, the guns that we see a lot here because a lot of people die. Yeah. Get disintegrated. <laughs> yeah. Red Skull gets on his ship, starts taking off. Yep. And also like Peggy and the reinforcements come in and like raid the Hydra base pretty much. I, I also do not like the janky VFX again of Captain America like Tarzaning on that like chain. Like running in the hangar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's again the Captain America theme. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it, it was... um. It was a moment. And it just it doesn't even cut to him landing. It just cuts to him running again. Like, that was kind of a jarring cut, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, no, same. I was, it's just him running forward after the thing, and it also looks kind of janky. Mm. But now we're coming up to a part that I'm, I'm sure Jake is a big fan of. Pe yeah, I know. I have it. I have yeah. it in my notes. Peggy and Steve kiss. All caps. Yay. So happy. <laughs> <laughs> all the Captain Americas say yay. Yeah. <laughs> and then another great quip one-liner from Tommy Lee Jones. Eh, I ain't kissing you. I'm not going to kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Steve jumps, gets on the ship, and now we're in the third act fight, the final boss battle almost. First, Steve has to drive some bombs. I think it's weird. I saw the how it should have ended for this, and like, why are the names 
of the cities in English. Like, they're German, yeah. aren't they? I mean, the German people speak English, too, so it's just for, like, simplicity's yeah. sake. Americans, that probably don't like reading subtitles. I mean, technically, at this point, they're also just Hydra, because they broke off from Germany. So They're, they're still they're Germany. Like, <laughs> Germans. We're superior. We we can do multiple languages. I saw huh. the how it should have ended. It's pretty funny. Like, it's like the guy, like, with a paintbrush in his hand. He's like, but sir, why do you want them in English? We're German. And then the Red Skull just freaking out, like, don't question my vision. I'm a one with the gods. <laughs> but yeah, then Cap gets on a bomb and it's freaking gruesome when the guy gets shredded up by that propeller. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. He just, it just was like, puree like he had just been put through a juicer yeah will it blend uh, <laughs> wow um, the answer is yes also just like the little fight like with him and like the three other guys before that where like he's fighting the two throws the knife picks up the one knife from the other one yeah and throws it that's pretty sick but yeah then he like crashes the plane back into the main one yeah luckily it didn't blow up yeah <laughs> yeah we're at the boss battle now they apparently set up the whole like ship on like a giant gimbal. It was like 14 feet in the air so they could rotate like rotate it and stuff as it was like falling. Rotate it. But apparently they like, didn't need to do that. Like they barely used it. And the, it was actually like a huge production cost that like could have been avoided. Uh, practical <laughs> effects, please. Yeah. Because yeah, they said they just, they would have rather done it like with camera, like just tilt the camera. But that was like Dutch angles, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I love right before they start the battle, Steve is like the apparently the worst at like responses. Red Skull's like, you don't give up, do you? And then Steve's like, nope. And then it's like, the battle, like, just starts. <laughs> I was just like, is that really it? Is that, that's the, that's gonna lead into this giant finale? It would be like if uh, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon and, like, his first words were like, cool. Land. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, he said at the end of the endgame, it's like, I am inevitable. And it's just like, cool. <laughs> like, nope. He goes, nope. And then snaps. <laughs> Another super cut of just, Another, like, yeah. iconic lines, but with with, like <laughs> what regular people would have actually come up with at the time. Yeah, like, on the spot. Like you don't you don't think of that super sweet quip or that iconic yeah. line until like later that night when you're laying in bed and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I should have said this. I literally think about that on the podcast. Like I was on my run today and I was like, oh, I should have said that during the Thor podcast. And like it's already been like two weeks since <laughs> like it's out. <laughs> There's a super cut of movies where during like iconic line moments you just say like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kevin speech from the office again. Uh, no, but then like later. In the fight, you're like, oh wait, hold on, let's pause. I thought of a cool comeback, and then like, yeah, wait, wait, wait. What I meant to say was, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this battle happens. I like so when they are fighting on the ceiling, when like the plane starts going down, they actually had to redress the set again. They flipped everything so that like the ceiling mm. was the floor and vice versa. Just a lot of work into just designing this set. Yeah. Christopher Nolan would just put it on a twisting like that hallway and just yeah, flipped it upside down. That would have been cool. That was great. So eventually, Cap throws his shield and. It hits Red Skull and he breaks like the Tesseract like power source and then he picks up the Tesseract and like gets transported away to Vormir. We find yep. out. I also like how they kept the, like the the effects because it had the same like light and stuff like that from like the, the Bifrost. Einstein Rosa Brit. Yeah, from the Bifrost, which is just yeah. a wormhole. So it's cool how they kept that. And then it just kind of like melts through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it hasn't melted really through much before, like anything yeah. before that. <laughs> That's why I was kind of like, I is this is this something that's supposed to is this new? <laughs> Do I know about this? Yeah. And then... <laughs> 
Peggy and Steve are talking. Oh, here, Jake, Jake, you're good. I feel like you're getting really emotional about this. Are you sure you're ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting emotional about the cinematography. Maybe Daniel should walk us through what happens here so that you don't, <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to get your mic wet with your tears. <laughs> I want to comment on the, um, the, the cinematography because, like, I, I, we talked about it a little bit in one of our Star Wars episodes, but, like, they're, like, facing each other in their frames pretty much, which is really, yeah. it takes a lot of planning, but it's also really cool. So, like, Peggy is looking left to right on, on screen, like, in the frame, looking towards the thing she's talking into, her, like, walkie-talkie, whatever. And then Captain America, the way he's framed, he's looking right to left past camera as he's steering this plane. So it's almost as if, like, they're looking at each other while they're talking, which is just, like, something so subtle that not a lot of people will notice. But, like, if it wasn't there, like, if, it, if they're both framed to the right, it would look weird and not feel good agreed good call out yeah. thanks and it adds to the emotional connection that jake feels whenever captain america and peggy are saying their goodbyes he doesn't want to step on her what her <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so saying their goodbyes and they schedule a rain check for their dance they have a date next weekend Ugh. But they get to do the dance eventually, so it's okay. I'm not as sad as I would be if we were recording this before Endgame. <laughs> yeah, so he crashes. I feel like also he could have not crashed it. Like Yeah, because like <laughs> Schmidt put on like two switches. Autopilot and... That was it. Autopilot. And it was also written in English. <laughs> yeah. Also, he jam- he also they jammed it before that it was like forcing it into the ground when none of them was controlling it. So he could have like forced it to the ground again, gotten on one of those plane missiles that he flew earlier and then Left. escaped. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> yeah, there seemed like a lot of much better solutions, and it seemed like seemed like Peggy was probably smart enough to figure it out, but Captain America was being a little bit mansplainy yeah. to, about this issue to her, yeah. <laughs> which was interesting. He was just like, no, <laughs> I guy stuff. I gotta, I gotta crash the plane. <laughs> it's for my country. This is what I was born for. They made me. He finally had his first kiss and he's like, okay, I can't top this. I, I, it's just time for me to go. <laughs> this is it. This is the pinnacle. <laughs> I've peaked. <laughs> I mean, I can't really complain because then like the rest of Marvel like happened because of it. So like, I understand why it had to happen. I feel like there should have been more explanation for why it happened though. <laughs> or you could have just put him in a more complicated predicament. Yeah. Like you could have just made that uh, that more obviously like the only solution right <laughs> there's also in that same how it should have ended like it, it's like the same thing it's this scene and it's like steve's like i gotta put it in the water and peggy's like wait what about like these other things and he's like no i got to and she's like i feel like you're not listening to me and like it's literally like yeah. like what you're saying like it's peggy like getting annoyed like why don't we just <laughs> talk about this we have plenty of time <laughs> why don't you just turn the plane around maybe like <laughs> you don't have to you can steer it right which also <laughs> makes me think because there's there's like four or five other of those plane things right yeah so does that mean there's still like other german pilots there because like they're they're, they'd be useless if there's no pilots to like the pilots are there for a reason remember remember when red skull was climbing onto the ship and there was, she was followed by two like two hydra people and they got shot yeah maybe that maybe those were the people so either there's like one or two extra guys or there's nobody else there like if there's nobody else there then the the bombs are useless right because then it would just be like they can't go to the targets well he took out a lot of people when he first got on the plane too remember he fought like a whole bunch yeah of yeah so it's true like, so maybe some of them were the bomb pilots they were, he's about to they, they were about to retire I mean, literally they were because you're about to commit suicide like kamikaze. Well, were those kamikaze planes or were they just like bomb planes, like bombers? They definitely struck me as kamikaze. Yeah, unless they were going to like eject before 
but then they'd still be in the blaster. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well. But, like, you you can make that scene better if, like, and I guess it's, like, kind of a worn-out movie trope, but if, like, those bombs just have, like, active countdown timers, yeah. <laughs> then, like, it's different. Then, like, you really don't have time. But, like, we have no reason to believe that these, like, the explosion of these bombs is imminent at all. Yeah. So it just kind of feels out of place for him to be, like, there's no other solution. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I can't complain because then the rest of Marvel happened. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It didn't really take me out of the movie too much, really, but, like, because I was just, again looking at the frame angles not really what was happening <laughs> that's one of the yeah i didn't think too much about when i was watching like i just kind of accepted it as how it was but when you go back and like and like analyze it and talk about it exactly that's something that you catch a little bit more yeah which is also a thing i think a lot of like diehard marvel people need to just like get past like a lot of people get so fed up over like star wars and marvel and all these any movie really but like it's really a movie it's like for the general audience like just to enjoy like just enjoy it you know <laughs> as we sit here analyzing them <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so we we flash to end of world war ii war is over stark finds a tesseract but wants to keep looking because he wants to find steve and i like Peggy gets handed from Colonel Phillips the picture of Skinny Steve, which I think is the same picture in her office in Endgame when they go back in time. Yep. Mm. That's cool. She misses her boy. Yeah. So Steve wakes up present day and they stupidly play a game that he was at. Like, why didn't you just pick a game that was like maybe one or two years later from when he disappeared and then be like, oh, you've been in coma for a year. No, you wouldn't even (laughs) need to say that's like a coma for a year. You just need to make sure it doesn't like say the date and you'd be fine. You also just need to make sure, like, they picked a, a game from before he left for the war yeah. like it wasn't like he had gone to that like right before he died he was like yeah that was a super poor planning whoever did that yeah it's fine though he, he rushes outside to present day new york and like like you said with the tone like in the in the the color grading oh my gosh that was it was so so vibrant yeah it was so bright yeah like you definitely know it's a different time period what a better place to have him run out than like Times square new york like yeah I, I also like to think that that means like there's a shield base like a block away from Times Square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to think like World War II happens like obviously like a few years and then like he wakes up present day and then like an alien invasion happens. Like for Cap, that's all within a period of like a few years of each other. Like that's a lot. For... And like he becomes buff, like he's skinny, becomes buff, travels in time, an alien invasion happens. Also fights in World War II, forgot to say that. Like that all happens with like a very short amount of time for him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And then time travels again. Again, but for real <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so fury breaks the news to him that he's been asleep there was actually there's a deleted scene for this and i'm so glad they cut this like it's just this scene but extended like cap asks a bus- bunch of questions like who are you like where am i what happened it, but like i like that he just it just ends with like i had a date like i like that that's where like it ends kind of thing imagine if it was like yeah it's good <laughs> Like, he didn't know if, like, Germany won or not. <laughs> so it's like, what if he's like, assumes that it's, like, actually, like, Germany or something like that, or, like, like Nazis won or whatever, and it's just like, I had a date. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, we're going to take you in now. <laughs> <laughs> that's in, that's going to be in Mom. That, that'll be an alternate universe. <laughs> they're also, they're doing the, the Marvel What If. I think that's a new animated show. Oh, that series, yeah. Yeah. So maybe all, maybe all of our theories, uh, I would like to claim copyright. If Please pay us if you use any of our ideas, Disney, <laughs> for this these projects good luck with that yeah you're right <laughs> yeah so uh um, maybe they'll bring you on as a as a creative director oh dude Jake. 
That'd be a dream. Marvel, I'm open. Uh, my schedule's wide open for Marvel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, but anyway, so that is the end of Captain America yeah. for the post credit scene. The post credit scene's pretty much just a trailer for Avengers. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I was very sad. It literally is a trailer. It was, it, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. But there's actually, on the DVD, there's a, there's a short film, and it's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer, and it shows the adventures of Coulson as he's driving to New Mexico to, like, investigate Thor. Yeah. So it takes place before Thor and it's really cool. I don't know if you guys have seen it. So he's like filling up gas and he goes inside and he's deciding between vanilla or chocolate donuts. Then someone starts robbing the store. Colson just like calmly walks up. He's like, I'm here. And then no, they like toss our your car keys over so he tosses the car keys over and they go back to the lady and he's like wait do you want this gun and he holds up a gun <laughs> and then he slides the gun across the floor um and as he's doing that like and they go down to pick it up he like parkours have you guys seen it yeah it's been a while yeah, I've seen yeah. It. yeah he like parkours across and like beats him up it's it's really cool i really like that and like those credits for that there was a lot of people that worked on that too which is crazy for like such a short thing yeah. I was kind of disappointed with the post credit scene in this movie. Yeah. Especially number one, because you had to wait till the end end of the credits. This is before they yeah. were just putting them after the primary credits. Right. So you had to wait till the very end of the credits credits. And then it was just like the cutscene. There's just a cutscene of Nick Fury walking in to talk to Captain America. And then it just cut it to really a scene from Avengers. <laughs> yeah. They literally that scene from Avengers. And then they just cut to an Avengers trailer. And I was like, what? Some assembly required but honestly you got to think about avengers was like such a huge thing i i know they really wanted to market for it so they did it but like it was never like really done before like bringing multiple movies like together in one especially like with comic book heroes so i think that was like i think they're probably trying something different trying to build up hype for that uh which i think they could have still done with like a regular post credit scene but at this point they actually had stuff filmed for avengers which for the all the other marvel movies they didn't yet so i think they were just trying to build up hype for that yeah 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 so that is Captain America. That was pretty much what I had for that. Oh no, this is actually one of my favorite Marvel movies. The Caps overall, just the trilogy is, is really good. Captain America is my favorite character for sure. Cap 2 is my favorite MCU film. The first one the Russo brothers did. Yeah, I really I really like this one. Like I said, because it's set in a different time period. It kind of takes you away from the standard Marvel that we're, we're kind of used to. The very vibrant colors, the set time period, the, you know, a lot of alien or like super advanced villains. It's just kind of like a simpler time. Yeah. and all of those things that I, I really enjoy just kind of to change the pace of what's going on especially because like since I got Disney Plus I just like will often just throw on a Marvel movie yeah definitely it was nice to when I put this on I was like oh like this is so different this is such like yeah. a breath of fresh air yeah totally alright any last words on Cap before I have a few things before we end mm, I think no, I'm good I'm good all right, so we have this new segment. Don't mean to just drop this on you, Zach. We did this, but it's called Work on What or Wow. So if you could go back to any time period or present like now, and you could have worked like on any film ever, and it doesn't have to be like your favorite film, like it's a film that like you just like would have liked to have worked on any film ever, uh, what would that be and why? Feel free to take your time if you need to think about it a little bit. I know it's just like sudden. <laughs> oh man. Wow, that's a really tough question. Good question yeah. though. While you think, I, I can talk. I said Star Wars, the original, because of the innovation they did with, like, new technology. Like, George Lucas, that was, like, the first time they had, like, a motion-tracked camera and just, like, how creative they had to be with their low budget. Yeah. For me, because I, I feel like we talked about this before, the pre prequels, yeah, because of all the new CGI developments. The new CGI, yeah. Because yeah. that's pretty much what I'm 
already like getting into and like stuff I like to do. But at that time, it was like it was, it was the New Horizons. Like, okay, how do you get all these different assets to work on a screen like this with this kind of budget? You know, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, you've had stuff like the Terminator and like all the other stuff before. But like, one, I love Star Wars, and two, I I, I feel like if there's any moment that I would love to work on, it would probably be the prequels to like be on that new edge of like the CGI and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like I touched on earlier in the podcast. I think the the capacity with which I would like to get involved would be in the score 100 percent yeah you know, I even considered like there was a time in my life where I considered like going to school for that and oh, like wow. doing that as my career obviously I chose otherwise I didn't perceive a great deal of stability in that industry uh-huh. and that was something that was important to me yeah. <laughs> so I moved away from that but it's still something that I like like in my free time like when most people like open Spotify and listen so like I I put on movie scores that's so cool and I listen to movie scores so if there was a particular movie that I would work on I would probably go back and like shadow on Zimmer and Christopher Nolan in the making of yeah, The Dark Knight that'd be so cool because you know just because I think that that's an iconic film score that was like a, a very pivotal moment in superhero filmmaking. Yeah, definitely. One of the first times that like the tone of a superhero movie was that like dark and complex. And I think it exists because of the nature of the characters in that. It exists in like a very real world in that there's no like superheroes. There's I mean, there's some like stretched versions of technology, but like no one has superpowers and anything's like this. Yeah. Um, and it exists in this very like real and tangible world. So so to be able to kind of like learn from Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan working together on that, getting to watch one of the great acting performances of our generation from Heath Ledger. Yeah. And then like kind of like I said before, like I would love to put my stamp on like a film franchise then and just write something iconic like John Williams wrote for so many. Yeah. Like Hans Zimmer's doing now. And like we all kind of feel might be a little bit missing from the Avengers mm-hmm. just to put my stamp on something like that of like when you hear a theme, you think of a movie like that's that's pretty common. But when you think of a movie to think of the music, right, I feel like it's something that's really really unique like when you think of harry potter or well yeah harry potter too but when you think of star wars yeah like you like yeah you think the imperial march like when you think of harry potter you think of hedwig's theme um things like that it's it's really easy to when you hear a song be like oh that's from this movie but to write something iconic enough to be like when you think of that movie this music uh comes to mind is something that i would love to be a part of so maybe that would be <laughs> in in this avengers series because i feel like it's one of the few places where it's lacking a little bit but really anywhere but to kind of shadow and learn and be involved in the dark night because i feel like that's such a great cross section of so much in film that i really really love i think that would be where i would go that's awesome that's that's really cool all right so before we head out zach i want to ask if you wanted to promote anything while you're here i know you're doing some cool stuff yeah so i just uh recently left the ncaa guy out of the ncaa so i kind of own my own face, own my own name, and own the rights to everything that I do again for the first time in a while. Um, so I started up <laughs> a coaching business where I, I do coaching from anything from the 800 all the way up to the marathon. Learned a lot of great skills with a professional uh, running team that I worked for for two years, which was an incredible experience. And it's for anybody of you know all abilities. So whether you're trying to get into shape for the first time in your life and you'd like to you know run just complete running a mile, or if you'd like to 
qualify for Boston in the marathon, I'd love to work with you uh, from all ages and abilities. All distances are completely welcome. So you can check me out. My website is zscoaching.com. And then same place for all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, ZS Coaching. If you want to, you know, get into shape, if you enjoy running and you want to get better at it and get your times better, I'd love love to help you out or just getting into it. Uh, really anything. Just kind of a way for me to keep running in my life because it's been the thing that drives my life for the past decade. Yeah. So it's kind of a great way for me to kind of keep a hand in that. Awesome. Yeah. And I will put um, a link to your site in our description. So if people want to check that out, easy to click that. Awesome. And yeah, definitely. Zach like is even in high school, like before he even went on and trained like in college with all these professional teams and stuff, he like knew what he was doing. So that now to like, I can't even imagine like what you're going to do and like be able to teach people with like more training you have. So like definitely check him out if you're at all interested. Definitely. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Hoo-ha, it's time for patron shoutouts. We got patron Lori, patron Frank, patron Tony, patron Rick. Thank you so much for pledging at the tier that gives you this shoutout. Really, 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 really appreciate the support. Final, final things. So again, it's our anniversary. Woo. I'll probably post something on social media. Give us a a like or something. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Also, if you have liked what you've listened to for the past year of podcasting. Like I said, that Audible link is um, in the description, um, audibletrial.com slash whatever you want. That'll help support the show. It's a really easy way to do that. And you are able, you also get like free audiobooks. I think a free one or two audiobooks out of that. And like, seriously, the books that I, I'm posting it on that, um, our Patreon page for anyone to see, you don't have to be a patron. I seriously would recommend any of these books. The first three that I have listed are like about Disney and Pixar and how they got started. And one of them's Bob Iger's book. I read it while I was in California and it it seriously is really inspirational about like just the entertainment industry if you want to learn more about it and it, it taught me about like Pixar and Star Wars Marvel and how Bob Iger kind of like got that into Disney I guess and it was interesting seeing like the business side of that acquisition because like that was like those were the properties I grew up on I never knew that like all this stuff like this business stuff was happening behind the scenes so that was kind of interesting um there's other books on there too not just uh, filmmaking books I have some Star Wars books because we talked about Star Wars uh and some just like inspirational general psychology books too so check that out yeah Daniel can you vamp while I look for a review I want to read quick? Uh, vamp? What? Did you say? Tell us about what's your favorite book, Daniel. Oh, um, I, for some reason I was like thinking like amp and vampires. Daniel doesn't read. It was like no, like my mind went to like a totally different place, and I was like totally like lost for a second. <laughs> See, Daniel's avoiding the questions. So. <laughs> Um, and if I'm being honest, I haven't read any of the books that Jake has on his list, but I trust Jake. So I highly recommend. Thanks. All right. I have one if you're ready. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So this is from my friend Austin from college. The review said enlightening, fun, and educational. He said, podcast is such a feel good podcast. Numerous quirky movie facts, continuous banter, and even as a first time listener, Jake Daniel, make you feel like you're one of the guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Austin. Thank you to everyone who's left a review. I'm going to try to keep reading those for every episode. Yeah. We appreciate all the support everyone's been doing. Yeah. Anything, anyone else? wants to do before we head home nah i think i think we're covered all right daniel take us away with the introduction we just talked about whatever you wanted to talk about and now we're done blank <laughs> thanks for listening to this one everyone i know it was really long yeah we'll be back for avengers and then also that polls on patreon so you can vote if you're a patron for what we're going to cover in between the break between mcu phase one and two goodbye peace out see ya